pain. And that is as far as they went. I think that year they got pelted by batteries from the Philadelphia Eagles kids and got blitzed. Um, welcome back. I really, I really like that one. The last show we did got the support it did, and two, the same people send lists. So it's kind of weird. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I will announce tonight that this will not be their last sports topic. Uh, the new uh, the new stuff that we are incorporating again. If you haven't heard since we've been doing our top 100 again, thank you all for enjoying the top 100 series. We're back to normal programming. Uh, we will include other stuff like um, the draft that we're starting to do um, for YLS and the bracket for sports. Uh, the one I have upcoming of that idea for sports is um, basically drafted NBA team. But from different eras, you only get one player from each era, so you have to spin and choose. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, basically, we'll talk about that at a later time. But there's so much we can do with it, and I'm excited about it. Tonight, we're doing sports moments. Some people pick maybe sports moments. Some people maybe put sports game. I don't know what counted and what didn't. I didn't correct anybody. I will judge you, basically. Because when I think of a moment... I think of Ortiz homering and the ALCS. I think of um, the Minneapolis miracle. I think of um, Curry's three-point shot, like stuff like that. Some pick longer things than this entire process, so we'll talk about what the way to that is. Uh, we got Brooklyn. Um, probably, I I will say before the last time we were on, um, I've actually watched some hockey this year. Um <sighs> Oh, yeah, right. I don't love it. I'm going to be honest with you. They stopped the puck way too much for my liking. I'm going to be real on. I can't stand that amount of resets. Uh, I saw You watch football, on. though. Football has, like, more resets. Nah. It's not as, like, it's – it's that's ex- – I just want you to keep fucking – stop. Like, icing, I don't care. Pick the puck up and go. Punch somebody. There was no fights. Zero fights I watched. I was very pissed off. It's incredibly difficult, by the way. I didn't realize. I guess I always realized it was difficult, but to watch it live, really, really a tough game uh, to watch and enjoy for me. But it was a long, long process. Oh, God, so long. Um, uh, we got Brooklyn. Brooklyn, uh, probably the sport that I respected, like, the least at one point. But now there's one that's always higher than that. Um, it's the field version of what you play. Um, how do you uh, – 
how do you think you're going to do tonight on your sports moments? So I think last time I was on, I went in with the repu- with the, like the reputation of I am going to I'm going to have my list that sucks. Uh, today we're doing we're pulling a backside 180. Um, we're we're going for the win. Um, I think I have a I think I have the best list here. Um, and it's not even close. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rue, um, Rue has a big disadvantage. Um, every time he's on the show, on sports, uh, he literally takes like my favorite sport and says, "Nah, not happening." So that's a problem in my book already. But he also has a sport that I really love, which is basketball, which I know is a huge part of his thing. So it will help him. How do you think you're going to do tonight overall? I legit think I have some pretty great picks. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Cody and and Scott. There's there's one moment here, one sport here I really cared nothing about. I even kind of like, like okay, I can't say I like hockey more, but still, God, God baseball is baseball is eh, eh. Sports is happening right now. That's that's a home run. Let's what I do know is that the Yankees have 50 wins, and I fucking love it. Um, that shows how much no, no, I no, no, no. Whether, or not I, whether or not I win. Or not today. All I know is yeah. I want to I want to take bets uh, on on how many times my two shitty ass teams come up in my list. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been rough to, rough to be a Jays fan watching them play the Yankees. You don't get to comment on it if you admit that you think the sport is trash. So yeah, sure. You don't get to be happy. About your 50. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, uh, I'm a def- I'm a default Yankee. D- just default. I I didn't really care uh, when they won the World Series. I was like, hey, that's very convenient for you. Um, <laughs> Patrick, you're back. Um, I I don't. I think the first time that I met you was on this show and oh, for yeah, and for uh, sports. So, do you like movies? Oh yes, I uh, okay <laughs> far too much. Uh, well, it's I just w- weird because like stumbled upon and then a list popped and I was like, huh, I don't know if I yeah. know you. But I'll try, again, uh, I don't pay attention to a lot of people in this community. That's right? that's fair. Uh, I try not to as well. Um, that's her. Yeah, uh, I'll try and get on a movie episode at some point. Uh, yeah, but yeah, sports a little bit more up my alley. All right. Uh, do you think you're going to do well tonight? I don't care. That's fair. I hate when two people don't care. Um, uh, one says I'm going for the win. The other two like fuck you, Cody. Um, Scott, <laughs> um, you kind of live just in sport pain. Uh, like, like really, if you think about it, like of the sports you like, that's a true fan right there. But like. I, I follow you on Twitter and I see like the happiness and the sadness at times. Yeah. I'm happy no that your Guardians are doing well this season, which they are. I thought that pitching was always good, but they they're actually holding it together pretty well, given our team a fight. We're about to play each other pretty soon, so it's gonna yeah, be an interesting series. Um but how do you think you're gonna do tonight? Um, I think I'm going to do pretty badly, honestly, uh, and mainly that's because I the approach I took was to only pick things for my lifetime, um, because for me, um, what makes a great sports moment is kind of the personal experience of it to some extent. I mean, I don't think it's interesting no knock on anyone else, but I don't think it's interesting to hear me talk about, I don't know, the miracle on ice or something, which I didn't witness, you know, I was not even, you know, conceived yet at that point. And so what I would be saying is probably just what you can read on Wikipedia. Whereas uh, the stuff that I picked, I at least have some memory of like actually experiencing it. So I wanted to to do that, but it may end up costing me because there's going to be things that people are going to be like, really top 10 sports moments of all time. But, you know, with that caveat, I think I picked a list that is personal to me, um, but is not strictly subjective. And that like, it, you know, is a lot of objectively 
great moments for like a neutral sports fan. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting topic. That's a Jim Green strategy, but you seem to be a little bit nicer about it. Um, when you something you weren't alive for and you claim it like your favorite, like Michael Jordan, for some people that were born in the 2000s, like how can you claim Jordan when you didn't get to actually watch him play? Same thing. I understand. That's why, like, my Red Sox, there are some moments for Red Sox players that would never make my list because, I mean, I never watched them live, but, like, a little moment that I know means a whole lot. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. You won't get shot at for it. You won't get taken down by anything late in your uh, overall. But, yeah, I, I agree. It's it's very hard. It's very hard for me to rank. Like, even when Curry hit that three, like, I remember that moment. So it's like a, a bring back. I remember the Minnesota Miracle, but I couldn't tell you about, like, a classic, like, you know, take that. Um, uh, like Jerry Rice catching it in the end zone. I wasn't alive for it. At that like when you know, so that stuff, uh, sure. interesting enough. Brooklyn, you're going to start it off again. Try to be detailed with what you're describing so the other people know what to yikes. Um, Coho did his best. I sent it based on what you sent me on your list. So what he puts in the banner, you can describe it more. Um, all right, 10, 9, 8, Brooklyn. All right. Uh, my number 10 is a is the David Tyree catch from Super Bowl 42. Yikes in this grouping. Yeah, we'll just wait for a uh, I guarantee nobody has my number nine. Number my number nine is a scrum, uh, just a scrum in rugby. Uh, and number eight is the uh, Edwin Chavez double play on the 2006 NLCS Game Seven Mets Cardinals. Okay. Go talk about your scrum because what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah. So rugby is my favorite sport, uh, and I tried to pick a play that was like that, like a famous play, but there wasn't really anything. But I just love the. I love the, the the momentum shift that can happen in this. Basically, what happens is 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 it's eight people get on one side and eight people on the other. It goes like there's like three people and then there's two two underneath them for support. And then there's two of them off to the sides. They're called like flankers. And then there's an eight man. And uh, scrum half throws the ball into the middle. And then there's uh, like the two people in the middle of the front. They're called hookers, and they're trying to kick the ball back. And it's just – they're so fun to bo- both watch and be in. Um, yeah, because they're just they, – they can change – they can change momentum so quick. Um, number eight, uh, the Edwin Chavez double double play. Um, I've – like, I'm usually a Jays fan, uh, but I like to have, like, a secondary kind of, like, National League team because we don't see them a ton. And I kind of sided with the Mets. Um, and this – this play was on loop a lot on SportsCenter, uh, and it's just so fun to watch. Uh, I mean, he robs the home run from left field and then throws the guy out at first, um, and it's just, yeah, it's a great play. Okay, so just to save everybody, I'm not going to even touch this. I, I, not a chance. Like, shouldn't be on your list. It should have been 10 if you want to say that. Hookers? I'm all on board. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but that, not a fan of. I, I've tried to watch that. Um, no, just no. Um, I believe CTE is like a real thing, and that thing seems like those people are gonna die at some point. I'm just gonna let you know there's gonna be a death on the field. So, favorite sport, I understand why, but that's like UFC just punching each other. I have a problem with this one because you're incorrect. So, my I think the most exciting play in like baseball is like a catch in the outfield that was not supposed to be caught. And then that runner is already taken off and you can get them out of first. Your guy catches. I remember this moment because I'm living in Missouri. So to save everybody, I live in Missouri. So St. Louis Cardinals, I see a ton of their plays. 
uh, which if one comes up from a certain World Series, I'll talk about that. But at the catch at the wall, and then he throws and hits the cutoff man, and then they tag him out of there. So I can't think off the top of my head. He's the center fielder for the athletics right now. He's still playing. Um, but he re- he recently in the last, what, six, like, I would say two years, he caught one at the wall, like into left into left field and launched with one arm strength to the to the first base. Is that Loriana? That's Loriana. Yeah, the craziest yeah. play I've ever seen. Betts did stuff with third base. So, like, the throws are impressive. I think maybe game seven, think it's going to be out. Clearly not out. I think maybe that's a big moment. So, the the playoff in, implications, I mean, and they end up going to win that game. So, you know, well, he gets tagged up, but they still win that game. So, kind of crazy because they end up winning the World Series that year. So, yeah. I don't know. Interesting choices at the bottom, um, I will say, but uh, I don't know if you're going to win based on rugby. Um, Rue, take it away, 10 9, 8. All right. Uh, my number 10 is Michael's last shot, uh, Bulls versus the Jazz. My number nine is Mike bites Evander Holyfield. And my number eight is David Tyree's catch. All right, so my number 10, uh, I had I, I was very fortunate, but also so damn unfortunate to actually live in Chicago for five of six Mike of, of six of Michael's championships. Uh I fucking hated it. And um I remember the Jazz continuously trying to trying to to beat them and the Jazz going up that day, and I was I can visually remember seeing, all right, Mike's gonna get the ball. And whatever the fuck happens, I am going to be seeing this clip for the rest of my life. And I have seen this clip for the rest of my life. Now, whether or not you want to argue he got pushed off or he crossed over, it does not matter. The man called it. He did like everybody knew where it was going. Everybody knew what was happening and he did it and he hit it and it called game. Uh, uh, everybody except uh, Brian Russell loves that. It's it's, it's iconic. It's iconic shot. It's iconic uh, clip. And again, will be shown for the rest of our lives. Uh, so that's my number ten. Uh, I guess uh, my number nine. I did not uh, see live. Uh, I didn't see many boxing events live. What I did see was probably the equivalent of the closest thing to having uh, social media word of mouth before social media was a thing. Cause I just remember days on end. Mike did what? He did what, what, what happened during the, he did what? And that was just the beginning of, of just the spiral of, okay, we all knew Mike had a little bit going on up in here, but now the man is absolutely ridiculous. He bit a whole ass ear off. Um, and that part of a whole ass ear part he still bit an ear there was a piece on the damn floor uh in the middle of a fight when tyson is is arguably one of the best boxers of all time and he he got knocked down to that it just the 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 amount of people asking what the hell happened afterwards is is was absolutely crazy and the number eight uh david tyree's catch is by far one of the most lucky yet athletic yet serendipitous things that I've ever seen happen where one, I was just happy as hell that uh, it led to the Patriots not fucking winning. But secondly, just looking, did that shit touch? Did it touch? Where, how in the hell did that happen? And just 
this close to the ground, this close to the ground. You're like, I don't understand how that happened, but it happened. And if they don't score from here, well, it means nothing, but they did and they won. And now it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, I had this number 10. Uh, Giants are my team in the NFL. Uh, so it's very fun to watch Eli not only avoid the sack, uh, fucking eat one out and David Tyree. I think this was, yeah, because this, this was like his last his last game. Uh, he never played a game after this. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and just like, you can call, call it lucky, yes, but like it's, you know, he's just using his head um, in the most, one of the most important moments ever. Uh, and, uh, and yeah. Yeah, like David Tyree will just go down as like that's the only thing he's known for at that point. Sorry, I'll go back, but like <laughs> you think of the name, that's just the catch, just everything else. Um so your ten was uh Jordan's last shot. Yeah. Um last. Last, yeah. <laughs> I like to think it's last. Um yeah, it's it's kinda like I got into basketball. I was still young, but I still enjoyed uh, basketball at that time. I remember this finals. Um, thinking about your next, like, I was just watching Last Dance. That 93 um, Easter, that has to be rough. Um, I just I just realized that he was down 2-0 and he came back one four straight. Um, but, yeah, the last shot. Push off, crossover, whatever. Jordan taking that shot was just, I mean, it's frozen in time. It's one of those clips that will live forever. I mean, uh I mean, we'll never hear the end of it about Jordan versus, you know, who's the greatest of all time. But, like, that shot just seen there, crazy. Um, so, definitely deserving of the list. Um, uh, your nine. Um, Tyson. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, my dad spent way too many, way too much money on Tyson pay-per-views. I remember the one he spent so much money. It was, like, 56 seconds or whatever. We spent, like, so much money, and then the dude got dropped. And then the bite and hearing his reaction, like, what? I, I was still young, but I was like, what the fuck's going on? I mean, Holyfield ran that for the longest time. He changes, like, the real deal to the real meal. Like, he ran that shit to the ground. But the, I just – that was, like, the lowest of a low of a sports moment that I remember seeing is the this guy that used to scare everybody around. Oh, and he's now stooping to such lows that he has no choice they just literally bit a chunk out of a man's ear. Crazy. Um, and then I, this, I remember this. So as a Red Sox fan, everybody relieved me in with the Patriots. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm just not a – I don't have a football team per se. Kyler Murray is my quarterback in Dynasty Fantasy. That's the only reason I have an Arizona Cardinals hat. I, I have a DK Metcalf jersey in my club, you know, because that's my wide receiver. I have no affiliation because I care way. I spend way too much on fantasy football a year to care for one team to root for anybody. Um, so if your team wins, I'm proud of you. I hope you have a great championship, but I will never have that joy. This moment, of course, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see both sides of the coin in one game. A team to go perfect, I think, would have been insanity. Like that's crazy to do in the NFL. It's never. It's only been done once. Like, it's a nuts. It's a nuts feeling. Um, and then. But to see Eli Manning, which, say what you want, I understand you probably have a special spot in your heart. Never thought of a special quarterback whatsoever. Um, more frustrating than anything. But to how he played in that Super Bowl and that defense and them to do that catch to the side of the helmet. And the, the longest replay I've ever seen in sports history, I think, in that Super Bowl. It was the longest to see every angle. If we had a camera underneath the grass, we would have saw the angle from there. It was nuts. 
And to see that catch and saw, what the fuck? Gave no receivers any crew that they can't put two hands on it and catch it. Batman glued it to his head. And he can still walk around to the stain, just put it to his head, and everybody loses their mind. So it's got something to reverse the life. Patrick, give us your 1098. All right. Uh, my number 10, Helio Gracie throws in the towel in Hoist versus Sakuraba. Uh, my number nine, Canada qualifies for the 2022 FIFA World Cup. And my number eight, uh, UMBC beats Virginia. Um, my 10, I'll give context on this. This is 2000. Um, Hoist Gracie at this point is still like literal god in mixed martial arts. And Sakuraba is a Japanese fighter. Uh, this is happening in Pride. Uh, Sakuraba has beaten, um, not Henzo, Hoyler Gracie beforehand. So Hoist comes in to uh, sort of live up to the family name. The Gracie family name at this point in mixed martial arts is held above everything else. And these guys fight for 90 minutes. Um, it is one of the greatest fights of all time. Uh, Sakuraba breaks Hoist's arm and Hoist wants to continue, but his father at ringside throws in the towel. Uh, it cements Sakuraba's legacy as the Gracie killer, the Gracie hunter. He would go on to defeat two other Gracies in pride. He would also go on to fight again that same night after fighting for 90 minutes. Uh, there's, there's just a mythology around the Gracie family that makes this moment go from zero to 100. Um, it's absolutely insane. And Sakuraba builds his career basically off of the fact that he just beats all of the Gracie family. Uh, my number nine, very recent. Canada qualifies for the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Um, Canada and men's soccer is absolutely horrific. Up until about a year and a half ago, they have been absolutely terrible. If you look at any metric, um, like when you look at like income and like resources available to a country versus performance in soccer, Canada is the worst country in the world. Um, and so the fact that this group came together and was able to not only qualify for the World Cup, but win the North American qualifying section, an absolute miracle. None of us, like no Canadian soccer fan could have expected anything like this. And the moment is them beating Jamaica the final whistle sounding, but there are just a ton of little moments along the way that made everything all the better. And uh, UMBC Virginia, this is probably never going to happen again. This was a perfect storm um, for a 16 beating a one in the NCAA tournament. Um, again, just a lot of little, lot of little moments. Um, the one thing I'll always remember about this is that I think UMBC ended up scoring more points in the second half than any team had scored against Virginia in a whole game all year. It was, it, it was astounding that it even happened. They beat them by 20 and th that doesn't happen when it's a 16 versus a one. Um, a little added tidbit was that I had a friend who went to UMBC, and so he got, uh, re he was very, very happy uh, when this happened and that everyone knew that his little school actually existed. Um, you're 10. I've never seen this, so um, I'll have to check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, you described it, I've heard them before. So for that moment, I would understand that. Uh, you're nine. Um, I, I give a shit less. I'm proud for your country, I guess. I will not watch the World Cup at all. I, I, I have no desire. I, again, I've said it once. I'll say it again. If I uh, to quote one of my favorite like jokes ever is, 
my dad knew I walked across a, a soccer field in my football cleats, we have to buy new cleats because there's no way that we're, we're wearing them on the same field. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh. NBA flops, my God. This this is a joke of a sport. I'm sorry. Talent, a lot of running, but my God, you touch a person. You flick them. Do you know what they need to start inducing? Like, real, like, like body armor. Like, I just want you to start punching people. I guess it's rugby. I don't care. Either way. Um, not a fan. Not a fan. Boring World Cup. Who, who wins in four years? We'll find it again. I watched one. They scored like a million points. So stupid. Um, and eight. Um, I just. Oh. This is best sports moments. This is called pain. I had Virginia that year. Um. I had them to go the entire distance. I battled back and forth, and I changed it, like, last minute. And you want to talk about my favorite moments in sports. Not the NBA Finals, not uh, not uh, World Series, not uh, anything to that level. March Madness is my favorite time of the year, and it's not even close. I take off, like, the first two rounds of the tournament. I, I am off work, and I am glued to my TV. I will refuse to do anything else. I fill out my bracket. I have so much fun with it. I love it. This is the most heartbreaking. When you just know a team, it didn't matter. Every shot they took, it was just going in. And I was just, like, heartbroken. Like, this is Because when your team goes out, it's one thing. When they go out first, the first round, I think it was, like, day two or something, Oh, and then everybody's every news out go go it's happening. Can you imagine betting on that game? It's just never, emotional, damn it! It's never <laughs> gonna happen. I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I would have said that a long time ago, but it did happen. So it would, of course, happen to a super defensive team too. You know, the ones that don't score a lot but can't hold in the team that they don't know. So great choice, great choice. It's painful, but well, great choice. Other ones, we'll see. Yeah. Scott, what do you got? Okay, number 10 is my one pick from the heart. Uh, I chose the the Dobnail boot, as it is known, which is the Tennessee Hail Mary against Georgia in 2016. Uh, number nine, I chose the ending to the uh, divisional round game between the Packers and Cardinals in 2016. Okay, and number eight, I chose Boise State beating Oklahoma in the uh, 2007 Fiesta Bowl. Um, number 10, so I could talk for a long time about this, but Tennessee is uh, sports is very personal to me. I grew up in Tennessee. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and I've been going to games since I was three years old. So um, if you know about Tennessee sports, there are not many moments worth celebrating in my lifetime. Um especially in football. This was 2016 was the year we were supposed to be back. Uh, you know, we were ranked pretty highly. We started off the season 4-0. We beat Florida for the first time in 12 years. Like, it did seem like we were back. Georgia wasn't even that good that year. Um, and we went to Georgia. They were beating, beating us pretty badly. There was a comeback. We took the lead. And then Georgia, you know, throws a touchdown with about 10 seconds left. Uh, just an absolute bomb out of nowhere. And it was looking like it was going to be another Tennessee loss, you know, for the, the, you know, record books. Like there have been many of them. And then, you know, Georgia does the incredibly dumb thing that I will never understand of squibbing the kick um, for which Tennessee, you know, runs it back to about the 40 yard line, starts in Georgia territory. And then Josh Dobbs drops back, throws a Hail Mary and Juwan Jennings 
um, one of my favorite Tennessee players, uh, comes down with it. Uh, and we win, you know, it's a euphoria that I have like barely ever known as a Tennessee fan, as a sports fan, and that I will probably ever know. Like, uh, I just remember I, I was in my friend's apartment. I ran outside. I, the only thing I could do is call my brother who was at the game. Um, and we just like screamed into the telephone for two minutes and then just hung up. It was, it was that kind of moment. So, um, the Dobnell boot. Um, number nine, uh, the Packers and Cardinals, Aaron Rodgers, you know, we've learned that he's a garbage human being over the last year, but, um, I, he's one of my favorite players, like in any sport to watch, um, in my lifetime for sure. Cause he just comes up with plays that nobody else can make. Like he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I, I do think that's Brady, but like he makes plays that I don't think Brady can make. And, you know, in particular, these Hail Marys and clutch plays. Like, he is maybe the most clutch quarterback ever. Um, you cannot leave him a single second or he will, you know, do something with it. And this was a great example. Obviously, you know, he rolls out of the end zone, basically, and finds Jeff Janis to start the drive. And then the Hail Mary is probably the greatest throw I've ever seen where he, you know, is running away, falling back on his back foot and, you know, uncorks it over 50 yards. Janice makes a great catch in the end zone. But then the game isn't over, right? It goes to overtime, and it starts off with a great play by the Cardinals where Carson Palmer escapes, um, you know, getting pressured and just dumps it off on the far sideline to Larry Fitzgerald. And, of course, you know, you get the ball to Larry Fitzgerald in the open field. Like, that's one of the most exciting things in any football game. Uh, and he almost goes all the way. He scores on a shovel pass two plays later. It was a it was a thrilling game. It was a great finish. Um and uh, one of my favorite NFL games, for sure, that I've ever watched live. And number eight, I had Boise State versus Oklahoma. Yeah, this is like the game that changed college football, really, because, um, you know, the, it, it wasn't um, thought that a team from a conference like the WAC, which Boise State was in, could, like, actually compete on a big stage. But they went undefeated, right? They get a chance in a BCS game against, you know, Oklahoma with Adrian Peterson. Um, they weren't supposed to compete. It turns out they start, you know, beating uh, Oklahoma really badly. And then Oklahoma comes all the way back. Zabranska, Zabranski throws a terrible pick six. Um, and it looks like Oklahoma is going to break their hearts. And then um, Boise State, yeah, that is the conference. Boise State, you know, pulls out an amazing hook and lateral play on fourth down, scores a touchdown, uh, sends it to overtime, and then Chris Peterson puts it on the table after they score, goes for two, and they run a beautifully executed Statue of Liberty play. Um, they win the game, and, you know, again, this kind of showed that a school like Boise State could compete with anyone in college football, and I think that really led us to the point where we are now with the college football playoff and the idea that we need to give more teams the opportunity to try and play for the national championship. Uh, whether it's a success or not, I think can be debated, but um, this was, you know, an incredibly important game and also one of the most exciting games in, uh, in college football history. Okay, so... Um... Well, I don't. I co-hosted vindication. I'm. I'm. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, can you get to the take Jake Meltzer off the screen? Uh, you're ten. <laughs> I watched the clip. I understand. I want like a hail mary in general is also one of the most exciting plays. So when it actually is successful, doesn't matter who the team is. It's still exciting to see. Um. So yeah, for you that makes perfect sense. For me, probably not. But yeah, absolutely. I could just imagine your reaction when that happened, like when that moment happens. Uh, your nine, um, uh, 
Yeah, when you were describing it, it came back to me a little bit more. Like, that one doesn't click as high in my mind. I agree with you with Rodgers. I don't know if I agree that he's a garbage person. I don't know. Like, I, I guess some things have come out and said certain things. But, like, the man's been through some shit. Let's be real. So, the people with that organization that doesn't want to help you, like, I, I think I'd be in a mental institution, to be honest with you. Uh, Should have been to the 49ers. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall. And then I agree with you. I was like, wait a minute. You said this one changed college football. I was going to say, like, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner. Like, do you, uh, uh, that game was just, like, the game for me that broke up. But you're right, how you described it, the whack. I think now what college football is doing and letting anybody transfer whenever and uh, in, uh, the, the payments, I think that's going to be crazy. I think anybody could win a championship now. I'm really excited. If you got backers in a town, go spend your money. Get some players. This is going to be a lot of fun. College football is going to change really drastically. Like Nick Saban's like, we're going to need money. If you want to, want to use your salary that you've been getting, you'll be fine. Um, but, yeah, Boise State, that hook and ladder play, again, I think the Electric. Chiefs pulled this one's it, every time the hook and ladder when you run across and just drop it off and no one sees it, it's just beautiful. It's absolutely a beautiful play. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, gloves come off. Everybody gets to punch each other and say your picture stupid. Hopefully that happens. Brooklyn. Um. All right, uh, we get to talk about curling first. Uh, my number seven is Brad Gushu wins the twenty twenty two Briar with a three man team. Uh, this is extremely recent. Uh, I, as I think it was like February. Wait, um, wait, wait! Pause, pause. You came on this show, and you said, "Today's the day I'm going to try to win." I'm, I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> curling at seven and rugby at nine. Did you yeah. your list. Just look, to, but just, but just listen. So, okay. Because like this is the this will be the greatest. Yeah, describe like, the three man team to me that make that. Yeah. Make, so, what it means. Th- th- like this is the greatest bar story ever. So um, so Brad Gushu, their team, their team is coming back from the Olympics after placing bronze. Um, and they so like right so basically right before March Madness in Canada, there is the Scotties Tournament of Hearts, and then there's the Tim Hortons Briar. But it's like each each province throws in a men's and women's team. Uh, and then if they and then whoever wins goes on to play uh, nationals uh, later that year. So that's kind of like our version of March Madness, but for curling. What happens is these guys come back from the Olympics. They get they get to like the playoff rounds um, in the semifinals. Their best curler and their reserve and their reserve player test positive for COVID, so they can't play. So the team is shorthanded like three people. So they each have to throw like an extra stone. They have to change up how they play. They not only win the semifinals, but then win the finals and beat it. And it's just it's just crazy that they were able to do that shorthanded. Uh, and they were already playing like top tier curlers at that time. I don't think they I think they placed like fourth or third I think fourth or third in the um in the national championships that year. But it's just it's just crazy to be like, oh, our best curler is gone. Uh we can't have him. We're just gonna win this anyways. You, I let you describe it. I don't think you helped yourself very much. Um, so he wasn't the broom guy. He was the guy that pushed the rock. He was. It, he was the third. He 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 pushes it. He put. He uses the brooms twice, and then at the end, he guides it while the skip uh, throws in the rock. And he was gone. Uh, yeah, he was gone. I'm, I'm sorry, curling. Now we're all gone. Curling has a soft spot in, in America. Bro, 
I love a good curling, but you couldn't tell me. Listen, I watch curling a lot during the Olympics. This past, you, I couldn't name one player. I couldn't name who won. I just like to watch the rock go down the thing and somebody brush sweet. I, but I, if you said Cody this or any other, I may watch soccer. I'm gonna be honest with you. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But don't lie um, yourself, Cody. Yeah, I won't watch badminton. Um, no, no, thank you. What the fuck? Seven? Uh, hey, how close was this to making your guys' list? Wasn't I, even I, my top curling moment of all time, to be quite honest with you. I, I live in Canada. Really? I didn't even know this happened. I, I, when he was describing it, I thought he was talking about skipping stones, um, possibly. <laughs> uh, but the words are March Madness, but for curling came out of your mouth. That's crazy. Hey, it wasn't Bruce, even in March. Jordan's last shot or this moment? How close? About as close as that football was to the ground in David Tyree's catch. Oh, okay, fair. Well, you're, you're going to save it with number six. What's your six? Uh, at number six, uh, we're going to disc golf, uh, and it's the holy shot. <laughs> I did actually see this one. <laughs> this is legit fucking incredible. Like, he, like regardless of how you think oh, about think about the sport, um, it's not necessarily about uh, it's not necessarily about being consistently the best, um, but it's just having it's being clutch. Uh, and this guy throws a 247 foot putt uh, to force a playoff uh, that would eventually get him to win uh, to win the championship. It was pretty crazy because he was going up because James Conner, the guy who made the putt, he was going up against Paul McBeth, who was basically like the Tom Brady of professional disc golf was always the top top place finisher. Uh, James Conrad was always like in the top five or whatever, but he was kind of seen as frustrating at times because he only throws backhand. He doesn't have any forehand shots. So uh, he's kind of kind of constricted in that sense. Uh, but yeah, to to not only uh, be like, oh, this is this is this is gonna be a great shot to this goes in. Um, and it ended up paying off because he ended up winning. Um, it's going to be the greatest shot in disc golf history, and then it's going to be tough to uh, tough to beat. Uh, so I have seen this moment. I had to look at make sure, but yeah, I played disc golf. Right? Like I play, I, I I play disc golf on the weekends. I have a lot of fun. I am god awful. I am terrible. But it's a better pastime than buying a lot of clubs that make it will cost way too much and trying to swing them and. You know, hit him in the trees. Like I'll throw, I'll throw a disc golf every now and then. Yeah, this shot's really impressive. Like it is, and I can see if somebody that likes the sport and like enjoys it would rank pretty high for you. I'm just still blown away that you're sitting here and just saying that you had a shot and you picked curling, rugby, <laughs> and this back to back. Like if I started watching <laughs> the Ocho, uh, ESPN eight, like you have a shot, but I've seen actually ESPN, so this is wild. Um, everybody else, I know Scott Cena. Has anybody else seen this moment? You're muted, Ray. Of course I was. Uh, I said no, but you did a better job describing this, uh, than the last one. I've actually seen disc golf. It's pretty impressive. I feel like I've seen this, but I think it might've just gotten lost somewhere, but like just the visual of it is insane to me. So, 
Yeah, I heard, I think I heard about this on like Pardon My Take or something. And then I went and watched it. I was like, okay, this is actually electric. I mean, it, you know, I don't care about disc golf. I don't follow the sport or whatever. But like in, in a vacuum, like you can just go watch this and be like, that was really impressive, which maybe is what you want from just like a great sports moment that you don't even have to be into the sport. You can just appreciate the moment. So um, this is, I guess, a better pick than curling. I, I guess I have more context for it, at least because I've seen it. <laughs> okay, you're five. All right, going, going, going to the great old American pastime of baseball. I'm going to the seventh inning. Uh, the 2015 ALDS Game 5, uh, Jays versus Rangers. Yikes. What number you got it? Something that happens in it at three. Yeah. We're, we're, oh, we'll, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll, hold, we'll hold it. Oh, I know what it is. Then. This yeah. is my direct, <laughs> that's, this that's is my direct moment okay. that we're talking yes. about. That some yeah. people pick moments and some people pick, like, there's so much. There's so much. I know. Stuff. I agree. I agree with you in this moment. I will talk about that in length at that time. But I 100%. No, fuck that noise, Garth. Fuck that noise. There, we don't <laughs> talk about bags here. Um, okay. Um, all right. So what's your four? All right. So my four is uh, a little bit of a little bit of the homer pick. Um, more so than Carlin, yes. Martin Broder becomes the all-time shutout leader. Um Bartan or like right yeah, Martin Bruder is my favorite athlete in NH in NHL. Um I have grown up being fascinated with like goal with like goalies and those kind of positions. Uh dad was a goalie, uh goalie growing up in rec league. This is actually uh his team we're we're so the city or the community that I'm in is called Cannavoy. Um so they have a rec team called Team Cannavoy. Um so he was always he was the goalie on that team, always watched him. Um and then uh, fell in love with, with Martin Brodeur, who's a Canadian guy, won the Olympics um, in 2002, um, and then just had an incredible run, um, like won the Stanley Cup, but then like in the span of three months, he got, he became the all-time leader in wins, the all-time leader in appearances with like a thousand, and then he became the all-time leader in shutouts with 103. Now, if you're a goalie, shutouts are like, are a huge thing. Like you saved zero, per, you, you saved 100 of, of of shots in front of you. You didn't let a single goal in. Um, he did 103 of these, and he had a thousand appearances, I think, in NHL games. So it's pretty crazy that 10 percent of the games that you played, uh, you had a perfect, like you you had you had a perfect score, um, basically. Um, I just, yeah, shutouts are, are are always an incredible thing. Goalie's one of the toughest position, positions to play. Um, basically, burpees times 100. Um, but it's, uh, it's a great, it's a great position that I think is often overlooked. Um, so I'm pretty sure I can't pronounce that name correctly. So I'm going to just save myself from that. So 10%, shut your mouth. Um, 10%, um, so 900 times he sucked. No, nine times he did incredibly well, but like the other time he just did excellent, like S tier as the kids would say. I really don't like you said that. Um, uh, overall, yeah, I am. I, I guess his last one was the. I guess the countdown was on. Did everybody like look know like if he does it tonight, this is it, or what was going on? Oh, it was just it was just like a just a crazy or like a a thing that obviously kind of came up within the last within the last five or so. But this it was a race between kind of like him and Patrick Waugh as the greatest goalie of all as the greatest goalie of all time, and this kind of uh, this kind of cement to this. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, 
yeah, I have nothing. Like I would, I guess this is like saves in my world. I don't know. Like the uh, even though the person this holds would be, this would be almost like complete games for pitchers. I like like I would put that with, with like Roy Halladay's complete game stat. That like that isn't going to be touched anytime soon. Does Roy Halladay have the record for that? Uh, and he has to. Probably yes, modern. Probably modern because like, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like back in the day, every pitcher would just go complete game. So before, yeah, before nineteen seventy seven, yeah. a bullpen. Yeah, they just sure. drink whiskey and go back out for Walter Johnson um, or somebody probably got everybody beat. Yeah, yeah. Cy Young probably pitched seven inning games and he probably got the record. Um. Uh. All right. Yeah. Anybody else have anybody consider this? Anybody like know who this person uh, is? I I'm not expecting a lot, but. Uh, not even close, um, but fuck Martin Brodeur, the Devils beat the Sens in the Oh, O's. fuck you. Don't, no, the, you, you, oh, you, don't shame, you don't shame on oh, Martin Brodeur. Look at him, look uh, at him, just like, why don't you go throw maple syrup at each other and just like, you know, just yell, good lord, calm down. You're Canadian. Said. You want to talk about a crumb bum scum bum punk. Listen, he he's an Ottawa Senators fan, like he like he su- he suffers enough. Um, like we, he had to suffer with Eugene yeah. Melnick for years. He's finally dead, so. Thank God. Yeah. Um, I'm Ed inside. I do know who Martin Broder is. That's what I have to offer on this. I do not. Okay. Uh, Rue. Seven. Uh, my number seven. Go! Bears. It's the play. Cow beat Stanford. Uh, so this is one of maybe a couple uh, of my picks that I didn't actually like live through or see. Um, but I have a connection to it because I am a cow golden bear. Um, so fuck everything Stanford. Um, but this is the, not only one of the most miraculous things to happen in any of football, but it's the play you see anytime, like something like the music city miracle, uh, comes about. Um, and not only does it, is it just, uh, again, whether or not you argue one of those passes was a forward pass or not. Uh, it's, it's, um, also alongside being one of the, most crazy, ridiculous things that happen on the football field. It also has one of the greatest calls. The band is on the field. The band is on the field. And uh, now being an alum of that college, it's just it's just always fun to watch and, and replay. Yeah, I mean, I don't, again, don't have this memory um, of watching it, but I will always remember, like, as soon as you sent it, I was like, is that the band? Like, is that the band on the field getting taken down? He sure took out more. I'm going to be real honest with you. I have a strong passion. If you storm the court before something you or the field, you should be taken out, like, like rough. Um, so, overall. But, yeah, that moment, like, I didn't get to live through it. But I could just imagine watching that live and be like, like, because I think it's, they think it's over, and they go through, and they like do it, and then they just he like holds the ball, like flips through him, and knocks that one guy completely fucking out. It's great. Yeah, great choice, great choice. Um, again, this is hard, you know, with not being there, but yeah, especially if you you are one, like that 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 has to rain pretty high. Uh, anybody else think about this one or know this moment pretty well? One of the greatest calls, ab- like absolutely, all oh, like, the band is out on the field. Um, the veterans of community of this community will know my stance on the NCAA. Fuck the NCAA. Um, it's important if you're in America. Uh, outside of that, couldn't give two flying fucks. You should start carrying though. It's great. 
Yeah, it's crazy that this, like, even ha- – like, I understand, like, in basketball, you know, maybe you storm the court, there's, like, 0.2 seconds left or whatever. It, ma- it makes sense. But, like, a f- college football game, right, you know, they scored a touchdown before this or whatever because it's a kickoff. So there was obviously plenty of time in between the touchdown and, like, the, the kickoff actually happened. How do they not realize the, ga- the game is not over, right? Like, and then there's literally a play going on, and they're all still just chilling on the field. Like, I feel like this is something we'll never see happen again because it's just, like – the lack of uh, situational awareness is is something uh, pretty pretty stunning for the the band members. But uh, honestly, it created yeah an, an incredible moment. And yeah, the call by uh, Joe Starkey is like you know burned into your brain just from the first time you hear it. I would I would also add the fact that somebody captured the moment of him with the ball knocking the shit out of I think a two yeah. player is also a great fucking photo. Yeah. And that, if anybody knows me in this community, knows my hate for tuba players. So, there it is. Yeah. The there's one no, thing with there's this, nothing wrong with tuba players. There's nothing wrong with low brass. There's a lot wrong with tuba players. I've had some in my past that I had to share a bus ride with. They suck, and their instrument's too damn big. Get out of my face. Uh, as the my great grandfather used to say, wish in one hand, shit in the other. Well, you should have told your grandpa a long time ago, stop shit in his hand. Um, what's your number six? Oh, real quick, Patrick. Uh, no, I just want to say the great thing about this is that it's a play between two teams that are just completely mediocre. And that's the beauty of college football is that the most mediocre of games can produce these incredible things that will live on throughout its history. So true. So true. Yes. All right. Number six. Uh, number six is Maradona's goal of the century. Uh, it's, it's just wonderful. One of the biggest reasons why it's one of the best uh, moments of all time is because it actually gets to overshadow the one thing that even soccer fans, uh, non-soccer fans might know of, the hand of God. It happened on the same game. The hand of God, which is low-key cheating, but it's it's also Maradona, so he does what he does. And he makes a moment that is better than the moment most people know. Uh, if you've seen Messi, and you see Messi make fools of people on on the field, Maradona ups anything Messi has done where he literally takes on the entire England fucking squad, rolls through all of them, makes them look like fucking idiots, and then kicks a beauty of a goal afterwards. Um, Yes, low-key cheating, Jake, because Argentina won that fucking game, and Maradona is revered around everybody. So low-key, damn it, low-key. But yes, uh, the, the, the fact that not only is it a just one of the most beautiful singular moments for an individual soccer player ever. The fact that it happened the same day as the hand of God uh, is makes it one of the best moments uh, in soccer history, uh, in sports history, uh, period, because it's just such a beautiful fucking thing. Brooklyn, what was your number six? My number six was the holy shot. I don't think it's so bad anymore. Um, (laughs) Thank you. I don't think it's so bad anymore. Um, <laughs> I hate soccer, like with a passion. Um, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's incredibly difficult. I think it's incredibly hard. I think it's incredibly. Um, I can't say entertaining. I can't fucking say entertaining. It's not. It's not fucking entertaining at all. I'm sorry. It's not. Um. I I hate games like this is just I'm gonna go on my mini soapbox. I hate games 
that can end in ties in general, okay? And, like, I know, like, there are certain situations in soccer that you get to do the penalty kicks. Why the fuck is that not an option in every game is stupidity. It should solve the winner right then and there. I don't know why you don't do it. You have a goal, you have kickers. Just do it. That's what I think. Um, I did see the clip. Um, I don't know if he's that good or those players were so tired and that bad. Because he did make them look completely stupid to get to this point and to, to score the goal. If I'm correct, this was during the World Cup. Quarter, well, that quarter, doesn't mean anything. Yes. To me. The quarterfinals. Quarter, quarterfinals of the World Cup, England was a good ass team. Isn't there a World Cup out there where I watched Germany score like eight points, eight goals on someone? Well, their best defender was. Oh, get to that in a minute. Out, so, yeah. so, like, I don't think that's that impressive. Like, okay. Anyways, we'll talk about this later. Are you going to score another round, please? Fair ball. Let's go. Sorry, Red Sox are winning. Um. Uh, woo! Okay. Uh, so yeah, cool. Everybody else, talk about how much you love soccer and how um, close this was I, to making this, it. This actually was pretty close to my list. Like Argentina, I, I think I mentioned this before, but Argentina is the team I adopted before Canada actually learned how to play soccer. Um, this, like, he he beats eight guys by himself, and it, it's it's incomprehensible how he's allowed to do this. Um, like. And the hand of God thing happens literally like five minutes before too. It's it's absolutely wild. Um, Maradona is like one of the reasons I became a fan of Argentina. Going back and watching all that stuff, um, his story as a person is fucking ridiculous. Uh, involves a lot of cocaine, wild. a lot of cocaine. Um, but yeah, that dude absolutely nuts. I think. The 86 run for Argentina is even better than the 78 one because the 78 one, there's like some match fixing allegations that uh, go on with that. But the 86 run is is blessed, even with the hand of God. Hand of God meaning what? Can somebody explain? I don't know. He scored with his hand. It's yeah. it's cheating. Like yeah, he, he's, it was a corner kick. And he went up with his head, but also hit it with his hand. His hand and, is like raised. Yeah. And, and so, and, and this is the person you put on your list. And then no, because douchebag. if you know, oh, he's an absolute douchebag. Yeah. But he's fucking hilarious. But they didn't call it. So when they asked about the goal, he said, "Oh, it was the hand of God." Okay, I give him a little bit more credit. That's good. Um, <laughs> I right. uh, um yeah. Sorry. Uh, fuck soccer. Um, as a rugby as a rugby player, um, soccer is not about winning. It's about being able to draw penalties so that you can get you can have an have an advantage. Um, yeah, like. I, like, don't you guys put your heads like into and then move? Uh, yeah, but we also, but we also like I've played with guys that have popped out their shoulder mid practice, popped it right back in, and then just go like go in like. There's, okay, so there's, can we stop saying that? So, so here's the thing: everybody claims that's like that's such a cool moment and stuff. Like that's those are dumbasses. Okay, let's just be real. Where you're, I, you're tough, you're cool, but when you pop your shoulder out, you should not be playing. You should go get it checked out. But you also shouldn't be. You also shouldn't be. Dr- you should, shouldn't be like flailing around if somebody's like two feet away from you to try to. So get in rugby, when you do the little shoulder bull lock, can I just yeah. stab somebody in the eye? Uh no, because you should have a knife on the how field. How can anybody see? How can anybody see? Uh, I mean, you should be checked before the game. If you have a knife, that's an entirely different issue. I didn't say stab. Like, like nobody's bringing a knife finger. to us. No, what? with your finger, like. Ju- uh then you then you would say, "Hey, ref." They poke me in the eye, and then you get a red card, and you would be GTFO. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> Hand of God. How I again, this wasn't in my lifetime, so like I don't, it didn't consider oh, wow. it for my list. But obviously, it's a great goal. Um, you know, it reminds me of some of like Messi's goal, even like the one goal that Mo Salah had this year against. Um, I think Man City, where he went past like several players and then scored, like you know, it it all makes you think of this goal. That I mean, probably wasn't the first goal like that, but obviously, yeah, get on a big stage and by you know an objectively great player. I think it also helps that soccer is also played at weird times, like early times, because like the best soccer is like early. Yeah. I'm never gonna watch it. Never. Oh God, no. If you told me baseball was on at 8 a.m., well, we're going to miss baseball today. It's not going to happen. It basically no. is on Peacock now on Sundays. True. What? They have an 11 a.m. game on Sundays on Peacock. On Peacock? Baseball. Somebody gave Peacock baseball? Oh, God, baseball is dead. We're going downhill. <laughs> um, all right. Um, what's your next one, Brew? Five. Um, this is my homer pick. I had to put it at five. Uh, it's my man, LJ. With a four-point play, Knicks versus Pacers. Um, first and foremost, any chance to say Reggie Miller is the fucking devil? That man can die. His sister is better than him at basketball. Fuck him and the Indiana Pacers. I will fucking say it all day, every day. I have plenty of rivals as a Knicks fan. Um, Boston a bit, Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls, but fuck the ever-living shit out of the Indiana Pacers. So Jesus the- Christ. Fuck them. Uh, fuck Reggie Miller. The fact that I lived through and and almost killed my nephew twice in the last span of five minutes is a memory in my brain for forever. So we are down. The Knicks are down three points. Inbound the ball. It's actually tip. Larry Johnson takes one dribble, not a three-point shooter, shoots the three. He makes it. My entire family goes crazy. My dad's holding my nephew. My nephew starts choking. Then they call the foul. Then he hits the free throw. We all yell. My dad jumps around. My nephew starts choking again. And it is just the, the one moment in my life of sports glee that I, I will hold on to forever. It is the happiest I have ever been because not only did my team actually do something great in the playoffs, the Knicks, but they did it against that fuck shit of a team and that devil of a player. I love this fucking moment. It's amazing. Let's go. I mean, I saw the moment. Yeah, I can see as a Knicks fan, it would be ranked pretty high. Um, there are other basketball moments that, of course, rank higher. But I think I think Homer picks, it's what sports is all about. Like, a tackle, an interception, a return, those have ranks different. Like, uh, Steve Pearson's home run in the World Series for me ranks really high in 2018, but on other people, who the fuck are you talking about? Big moment for me. I remember watching it live. So yeah, I can understand that entire this personal story. At five, I'm surprised you have it at only a five. How passionate you were. Um, I, I was. Uh, I'm being realistic. Being, being if realistic. Rue is on the if Rue is on the draft episode, um, pick Reggie Miller. He's open in the fifth round because clearly he's not going to take him. Um, <laughs> Um, everybody else, does anybody remember this moment? I had to look it up, so um, I don't think I was alive. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my gosh, uh, I, I, I was, I don't, I, wasn't a Knicks fan, so. I don't remember it, but uh, I mean, I certainly know the moment, and obviously, like this whole Knicks season was crazy because they were like the eighth seed and they made it all the way to the finals. Uh, oh, it was you know, ran into a 
ran into a buzzsaw at that point. But um, yeah, it's like a, a thing that will probably not be done. And but this was wasn't this also like the shortened season or something due to a strike? Uh, yeah. One of the shortened yeah. seasons. Yeah. Um, but I like Larry Johnson because he's one of the few good players that ever played for the Hornets. So good for him. <laughs> I can't confirm I was alive during this. I thought this was the '94 run. This is the '99 run. Not not that night, Michael. Not that night. Um, I, uh, yes, I love, I love Reggie Miller. Like I, so spoiler alert, I don't have any basketball moments on mine. Uh, but one that I did consider was for Reggie Miller, uh, like this moment when he does that, does that to Spike, to Spike Lee. Um, <laughs> and then there's a certain Tracy McGrady moment that like Paul later. I'm not sure. What about the one where Reggie Miller almost got shot at Malice of the Pals? Uh, the, <laughs> I, I did Malice of the Pals. See, like, that's like, I think that's my thing. I so, like, there's a lot of basketball moments that are rough, as opposed to like, he oh, this is incredible. That cop literally had a guy. He's like, you're gonna shoot Reggie Miller? <laughs> like, that's crazy. It's still one of the craziest moments. So, tell a bunch of people that did not expect to work a fight at the at the palace that night. Crazy. Um, what's your four? My four is LeBron's block. That would be uh, against the Warriors. So um, there's. You, Y'all lost a 3-1 lead in the finals. And to cap off the fact that y'all lost a 3-1 lead in the finals. What are you saying, y'all? They ain't me. See, that's what you say to the to, – I live – again, my basketball life, I live in the cities the dynasties are in. And I lived in Oakland when the Warriors were there. So I watched as as uh, people were crying. Uh, you really should – hey, can you move to Boston? <laughs> Please I've never. Don't. That's one of the cities in, in this country I've never been to. Never. Been yeah, to just come, just come for I don't know three, four years. We could you, we could use some more championships for the Red Sox. I, look, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, uh, I lived in Chicago in the '90s. I lived in LA during the early 2000s, and I lived in uh, Oakland, in the Bay Area, in the uh, 2010s. So, just hurt and pain as I watch everybody around me celebrate. Um, but anyway, just the fact that they came back from a three-one lead is unbelievable and crazy and the fact that there is a moment that sums that up and the only moment that would have been more is if lebron james actually flushed that dunk against draymond that would have been probably close to number one because that shit i was about to go crazy if that happened but the actual feat of just watch lebron just watch where he is at the beginning of the play how far behind he is of that play he does get the help the, it actually makes it better that JR that JR Smith of all people is the one that stops Andre Iguodala for the the half a second enough for LeBron to get there and pin that shit on the backboard from where he was. Um, that that is that that is a not only just a cap to an amazing run, uh, not only just a, a moment in time of basketball history, but just a an incredible athletic feats uh and jr smith's uh um inclusion in this moment just makes everything better because jr smith just makes everything better so when we're talking sports and we all have our favorites ones that are we admire from afar and the ones we despise and hate LeBron James will always be that player that I despise and hate for a passion i hate him um 
And if you ask me who my number two basketball player of all time is, it's LeBron James. I think he's number two. I think he's that good. I think he has all the talents. He done. Do I think now he's done so much shit to ruin basketball for so many teams? It's not even funny, but we'll get on that. He's the eater of worlds. He goes in, devours everything, and then leaves when he wants to leave. Whatever the case may be. Um, I root for his demise more than most people. Um. I I was so happy he was not in the playoffs this year. Uh, was quite happy about that. Um, I was quite happy Steph Curry ties him now with um, rings. I'm quite happy about that now. Um, um, but this block was so freaking – it was so annoying but so good at the same point. When he slapped that ball against that board and just uh, – he's a freak. He's so good at what he does. And the hunt down, like, yeah, I can't get – I. it's a moment that will live forever. Um, basically, you know, Curry should have had – Curry could have had five titles, you know. Like, he would have had five at this point. But LeBron literally put that team on his back and carried them right to the end. And that's crazy. So, hats off to him. Uh, uh, yeah, great choice. Anybody else have this close? Absolutely not. Um, I I agree with Cody. I am a LeBron hater as well. Um, I'm not gonna you know go too deep into it, but I remember watching this. It was one of the maddest I've been watching a sporting event. To be quite honest with you, hearing him yell about Cleveland after he left them, um, and you know I, I'm not I. Don't root for all Cleveland sports, but, like, obviously I do feel some attachment because I root for the Guardians. But, um, yeah, that just – it pissed me off. Um, and I know people are going to, you know, say what they're going to say about that. But it, it's how I feel. Objectively, of course, it's a great moment. It was electric. And, of course, as we all know, this was the only time in a major sports championship that a team blew a 3-1 lead. It never happened again in any other sport or championship, as we all know. So, Particularly uh, in that calendar year. Yeah, yeah, and involving a team from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'll talk about. And I will say, I still stand by. If he never goes on ESPN and says the dumb shit that he says about Miami, none of this is as bad as it is. He chose to do that, made the decision, and then go on the stage. Not one, not two, not three. Not... Dumbass. He ruined his. He did. He deserves all the. The thing is, at least Draymond, you know, says it and then continues to say it after the fact. Uh, he just runs and hides on tour. Um, uh, anybody else? Uh, I agree. I agree with our um, Drew that it, that it's like a huge moment of athleticism. Because um, like, because you're not sure if he's gonna make it, but then he, but then he just like hits it smack in the middle. Uh, and yeah. What do you mean, Michael? Like, can people put WWE on this list? I mean, you could have. I may have ripped you apart for it, but you can. Are, are you saying that? Are you saying that WWE is not sports entertainment? Um, dude, when I was in the '90s, and I liked to watch Stone Cold drink some beers and flip some people off. But other than that, I, you know, looking back on it, whew, that was a sad <laughs> time of my life. My, uh, my, my favorite WWE moments are uh, Jeff La- Jeff Hardy going through a ladder. That's my ten through one. Yeah, ten. Nico would have been on this show. Okay. Um. Patrick, uh, tell, let's go through some, like, uh, you know, some 
some soccer and stuff like that. So we'll yeah, that. we'll get it out of the way uh, pretty quick. Uh, my number seven is Germany beating Brazil seven one in the twenty fourteen World Cup semi. Um, the, the so actual, this wasn't a championship. No, this was the semifinal. Oh my but, god! Like, I watched the semifinal. I didn't watch the championship of the World Cup. This is ridiculous. Go ahead. Um, the the lasting image of this is the old Brazilian man with the Jules Rimet trophy in his hands, brought to tears, and like absolutely insane camera work there. But like in the moment, as they scored the like third, fourth, and fifth goal, all within the span of like five minutes of one another, there's like this hum that goes around the entire country of Brazil. And, like, I'm just sitting there in shock. It is the single most shocking thing I've ever seen in terms of expectation versus reality, even more than any upset that March Madness has delivered, anything like that. I I remember sitting there just in pure awe at the spectacle on display with this. It's nuts. Yes, I agree with you. Mick Foley didn't throw out the hell of cell would rank a little higher than Jeff Gordon winning the championship. You're right, Michael. Michael does have power on the show. Um, I'll tell you, this is a sports moment I remember. Um, I was over at a buddy's house, and we uh, we watched it. We, he was like, oh, the World Cup's on. I'm like, what? We could do anything else, you know? Like, you know, practice jumping off the second story and seeing if we, like, make it through. No, but we turned this on, and it was such fast pace. Like this, boom, 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 goal, goal, goal. I'm like, what the is happening? What is this? Is this soccer? No, it just means the one team just wasn't prepared at all. Um, yeah, not seven. Fine, you didn't have it higher. I'll take it. I'll take the soccer at the top. So, um, uh, you soccer nuts to talk about. It. Besides, Brooklyn says rugby is better, which I don't know if that's the case. Uh, how close was this one? Didn't have cheating in it, so you didn't like it. Uh, wasn't close. Uh, however, uh, being an Argentine, being an Argentina fan, I can't put Brazil or Germany on any list of best anything ever. However, uh, this at least it's bittersweet because I really hate Germany, uh, but I also don't like Brazil. So this is the only thing that gives me a little bit of solace: the fact that Germany ended up beating Argentina in the final that year. Uh, it was a sad, sad time, but I do remember looking at Brazil and being so very happy that they were so very sad. Germany was just like a buzzsaw in that World Cup. Like, even even though Brazil, you know, had a really good team, obviously, like, it just felt like Germany was going to go all the way. Now, I mean, not in this manner. But, it, I mean, yeah, it didn't really come close to me. Also, kind of what I said earlier, I mean, Thiago Silva was missing for Brazil. It shouldn't have made that much of a difference, one player mi- missing. I mean, he is their best defender, best central defender, but, like, it shouldn't have made that big of a difference. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously still a, a crazy moment. But, um, yeah, definitely some of the, the saddest fans you'll ever see. Uh, but it, it, it was uh, it's a memorable one for sure. Patrick, you mentioned that this is one of the most shocking things and it's subverted expectations versus reality. Would you say that this is more shocking, though, than Gabriel Gonzaga knocking out Mirko Krokop with a head kick? Uh, only, because it dif- only because it differs in that that is an instant moment where you're just like, wait, what the fuck happened? Whereas this was a, just a prolonged demolition where you had to sit in it for a while 
and it's just okay. like trying. Oh, to so then, so then, so then, like Max Holloway versus Calvin Katerin. No, that that's shut up. <laughs> Stop derailing the scoreboard. Nobody oh, wants. It's time to stop. <laughs> um, Michael, stop! Don't stop talking about. Me. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your next one? Uh, number six. Here's here's the hockey one. Had to have it. Um, Daniel Offensen's OT. Yeah, Daniel Offensen's OT winner against the Sabers in the 05, in the 07 Eastern Conference Final. Um, oh, I remember the, that. Yeah. Uh, it uh, it sent us to the cup. It sent us to the cup final. Um, I vividly remember this. I was watching it downstairs. My dad was watching it on the main floor. For some reason, my second my TV was like three seconds ahead of his. So I see the goal. I hear that he hasn't celebrated yet. So I'm just like waiting on the stairs, ready to come up and like jump for joy with my dad. And it just like Alfie again being the sort of the heart of the city, the heart of the team, the guy that like we're rallying around to try and get into the hall of fame right now and have been for a couple of years. It was the perfect guy to do it, to finally send us to the cup final, especially after a team has been sort of snake bitten the past few years in 0203, we lose game seven of the Eastern conference final the devils the year before we have 0506. We have the best team in the NHL, but Dominic Kashuk gets injured at the Olympics. And so we have to start. And so our starting goaltender, who's arguably one of the greatest of all time, uh, He's not playing for us anymore, so we have to start our backup for like the last two months of the season. We get beat by the same Sabres that we beat in this. Um, by the way, Sabres sends in like the mid two thousands, one of the greatest hockey rivalries um, ever. The the shot of Ray Emery fighting Andrew Peters uh, after beating up Marty Biron is awesome. Um, and yeah, this was just the culmination of a lot of years of hurt for Sens fans. Uh, we got fucking stomped in the cup final, so that's why this is only number six, but beautiful. So this is not a shot, I promise, Patrick. I just mm-hmm. don't know. So this is your team, right? Yep. And they haven't won a Stanley Cup? No. Okay. So this is as far as they like the like yeah, they went to the, the cup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This was the goal that sent them to the cup, the only cup they've been in. Okay. Okay. So that's fine. And they were and technically it's a seven game series, so they were already yeah. up in the series three one at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three ones are always so like I'm. I'm a very blessed sports fan at this day in my life. Like of the Red Sox of four World Series rings, and you know, in the since '04. Um, but yeah, like I remember watching Game Five of the Red Sox World Series win. And it was just like I had no weight on my shoulder anymore because I was like, if we lose, we still got like two more. But to see an OT win to send your team that has struggled kind of, yeah. it's impressive, you know. Not saying they struggled during this time, but I haven't won. Um, that's very impressive. Um, by the way, Coho was so entertained with your guys' soccer talk back there. He was spinning something back so fast. I was waiting for it to smack him in the face, but it never did. Um <clears throat> Uh, any other person here, like Rue and Scott, does this moment live anywhere for you guys? Okay. No, but I understand why you would why you would right. have it, right? Exactly. Given the context, yeah. Um, Brooklyn, you're throwing shade earlier. You laughed at I think uh, Paul's comment on the thing. Like, now uh, you're muted, which is a big problem on the show. Like when you can't talk. But um, what would you say? <laughs> uh, what would you say? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been rough for Canada uh, as of late to try to try to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, these guys got fucking trounced by the Ducks that year. They ran into Scott Niedermeyer uh, and Ryan Getzlaff, and I think yeah, JS Giguere finally won a cup. Um, I do want to shout out though to Bob Cole. Uh, he was the he used to uh, like play by play announcer for Hockey in Canada, one of the greatest sports callers uh, ever. Um, and just he kind of he brings so much so much joy and excitement to to every moment. Um, and yeah, and I was looking up the roster of the Sabers uh, that year. That was the year they won they won like the Presidents Cup. Like they were they did quite well. Like they had Daniel Briere, uh, they had like Martin Biron. Like it was the last of his career before he went on to do commentary and stuff. Um, yeah, Buffalo's also had some uh, had some yikes years as an NHL franchise. All right. What's your next one? Uh, number five, the kick six. Um, uh, that's had, a yikes. I, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and your number four, four, four. Uh, James Harrison's 100-yard INT return. <laughs> the yikes. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, All right Scott. Okay. Um, my number seven is <laughs> – I might die here, but uh, Derek Jeter with a walk-off in his last A.B. at Yankee Stadium. Um, obviously, the Yankees aren't my team, but Derek Jeter is my favorite player of all time. Um, I think he's just like one of the purest baseball players, like in all aspects of his game. I don't know that we'll see another player like him for a long time. I feel like it's just like a from a bygone era almost, even though it wasn't that long ago. Um you know, most hits by a shortstop of all time, you know, one gold gloves, great uh, defensively as well, just a great pure hitter. But um, anyway, um, this was just a a wonderful moment to cap his career. I mean, obviously he had so many great moments, you know, he was um, Mr. November, right? He was extremely clutch in the playoffs for the Yankees Um, for his 3000th hit. He hit a home run, um, which is pretty awesome as well. Um, and then, you know, of course, capping it off. Uh, I also love players who play the their whole career for the same team. Um, and that's also something that just doesn't really happen anymore. Um, obviously, like, you know, I guess Dustin Pedroia just did it for the Red Sox there. If, if uh, I want to invoke the name of a Red Sox player. But, um, yeah, there's not really anybody who does it anymore just because money is such a big thing. And um, loyalty is not. But uh, Jeter, obviously, you know, one of the greatest all-time Yankees, the captain, and he comes up to bat against the Orioles um, in his, in his you know, last home game. Uh, th- that is true. Paul makes a good point. I forgot about Yachty. But um, Jeter comes up to bat his last home game at Yankee Stadium um, and grounds a single into right field, uh, walk-off hit, uh, you know, obviously gets mobbed. The crowd goes crazy. Um, it was just uh, – a great moment again for my favorite player of all time. It's exactly how you would want to see your favorite player cap his career. Um, so uh, it was great. Uh, yeah. Um, there's not a fan base and a team that I despise more in this entire world than the New York Yankees. Um, um I won't say what I say on my home life when no one else can hear me, but I've said some awful things about the Yankees in my lifetime. Um, and I take none of it back, really. I, I can't stand them. Um, uh, but you're right uh, on this when you think of a player that plays for their whole entire career. Because not only do you have to play for their whole entire career, but you also you know, don't get traded. 
you don't move around. Like, you have to just, like, Ortiz, I claim, show up. Ortiz, um, I claim uh, to be um, ours, but he was traded for Minnesota. Like, he wasn't technically ours the entire time. So, like, um, for Jeter, I hate a lot of Yankees. The one I respect a lot is that core five, kind of, that were there for the longest time. I think, like, Posada. Um, I mean, that is true. I mean, if you're going to pick a Jeter play, that's kind of a crazy play. But I agree with you. I agree. All said, like, he said like three things now. He should have come on the show if he had this much of a problem with my list. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's that's Paul in the chat. You just gotta you just gotta deal with it. Um, yeah. Uh, but no one ever like Posada, Rivera, Jeter, um, Pettit, um, and oh, uh, Bernie Williams. Bernie Bernie Williams. Yeah. Bernie Williams, the core five that was there, I hated them, despised everything about them. But Jeter was the one person that had such class act all the time. Um, I still think like he should be investigated for his time in the Marlins for giving John Carlos Stanton to the Yankees for dirt cheap because none of them are in the major leagues, um, which is crazy to me. Um, but uh, yeah, the last the walk off for him, sending him off, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I. He's, yeah, he's a Yankee, so I can't say too much. Seven, thank you for putting it. Seven does not make me take more. Um, uh, what, um, uh, everybody else on this moment? I had two baseball moments on my short list. One of them was the captain, and it was the flip, so I respect this one because uh, it's the captain. Love it. You'll never hear me say a positive thing about Derek Jeter. So, I'll just move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, if he was, uh, if he retired and just left baseball as a player, he'd probably be much more beloved. But he's kind of a shit stain uh, as an owner for the uh, for, for the Marlins. Um, I the play that he got hasn't been talked about yet. I was kind of surprised. Uh, is him making the making the catch in the stands uh, in left field? Because uh, I feel like there's so many other players that look at that play and they're like, "Nope, I'm not jumping in there." Because he made the catch and was out for like two or three weeks. With uh, with a broken like a broken arm or something, but um, like that just shows grit and like dedication to, to the to, to the craft. Yeah, I know okay. Cody agrees with that. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, number six. Uh, this is funny because I have the flip side of Patrick's coin from earlier. I have uh, UVA winning the title the next year after losing to UMBC. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is like the greatest comeback story because um, I, I love college basketball. It's probably my second sport after baseball. Um, and Virginia basketball, like if you know a thing about it, it can be if they don't have the right players under Tony Bennett, of course, it can be really hard to watch. Um, if they do have the right players, it can be be a thing of beauty, as John Rothstein says. Um, and they had the right players uh, in the, the following year. I, you know, something that gets doesn't get mentioned as much with the UMBC is that DeAndre Hunter was out. He had a broken wrist. He didn't play against UMBC, probably their best scorer, and it obviously affected them. He was back the next year. Um, you know, they had Kyle Guy. They had Ty Jerome. They had just a, a great team that could score and, um, you know, resist sort of the the what – Virginia's style can sometimes fall into being slow and boring and they're just passing the ball around a lot and not getting anywhere. They had guys who um, could be productive. And so they were a great team. You know, they got the one seed again. 
they actually were behind in the fir- at halftime of the first game again uh, against the 16 seed against Gardner Webb, but um, whatever you know that that did it motivated them. And, um, really, the the thing about this run is not just that they were able to go all the way to the end and win it the year after that disappointment, but the last three games were all just absolutely incredible games. You know, Purdue they had the last second shot after the back tap, right? They pull off the most difficult play in basketball where you have to miss the free throw, get it back and score. And they did, they do it, um, end up winning in overtime. Auburn, you know, you have the last second foul of Kyle Guy when he goes up on the three. Um, and obviously I love that one because there's all the videos of fans, videos of Auburn fans who like thought the game was over and were celebrating. And then Kyle Guy comes up and just, you know, ice in his veins, sinks all three free throws and Virginia wins. And then one of the greatest national championship games um, probably ever with against Texas Tech. It goes to overtime. You know, DeAndre Hunter, again, he has a big shot to send it to overtime. And then Virginia wins. It was really just like they were a team of destiny, right? Like um, the year after something so crushing, the worst thing, you know, that you could imagine as a fan of that team happens. Um, the fact that they, they had every chance to have a letdown again in this tournament with the way that all of these games were going. And it just every shot that they needed to go in um went in you know they had the foul of kyle guy again like i said it was just every all the cards fell into place and it was it was really great to watch um them celebrate and watch tony bennett who i think is a really great coach um and like i said i think their style of basketball is is so great to watch when they have the right team for it um you know even this was even though this was a painful year for tennessee i was rooting for virginia after tennessee got out um and it was uh it was a great finish to the tournament and again one of the great comeback stories um in sports history yeah um i swore after that day that i would never lose from virginia again after they lost <laughs> then they won it i was like I didn't have them going out first round, but I definitely did not have them winning. But it is one of the greatest moments for that team to happen, for that stuff to happen. So I agree. It then again, again, this is the moment. Moment, I guess you could say wins the title after, but you, the whole runs there. But yeah, I'm with you. I would never imagine that to happen at all. So yeah. uh, everybody else on this moment. Uh, if it was any higher than six, I'd probably have to probably have to get look at look look at you a little bit a little bit for a second, because uh, yeah, I just take this out take this out of take this out of the state, I guess. All right, I, like 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 obviously as a, as a basketball moment, like basketball moment, sure. Um, I just yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what you're talking about, Brooklyn, but fine. Um, I remember this happening, and I, I stick to the moment you talked about with Kyle Guy and the ice in his veins 100%. Uh, made me consider picking him up at a second-round pick as maybe it was a good thing. That's how, how great it was, and then I have no idea where that guy is now. But, uh, yeah, it was, a pretty, it was a dope run after after losing to the 16th. Yeah, that, that Purdue-Virginia game is one of the greatest college basketball games I've ever seen. Um, Carson Edwards on the other side dropping 40 and convincing yeah. me that he was going to ruin us as a Boston Celtic for years to come when he was taken in the second round that year. Um, but yeah, the, the shot from Diabate, 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 Diakite? Diakite. Like the 7-2 guy pulling up and like just like a touch pull up from the elbow. It was like ridiculous that it went in 
the the arc on that was so nuts. Yeah, like that that's the moment from the run that stands and, out to me. And, and the pass too, like Kihei Clark was like in the backcourt and he just like whips it to him with one hand, like perfect. It was all perfectly timed. The only bad thing about that moment though is that I think it was Andrew Catalan maybe was calling the game. And he says when he makes the shot, he says for the win, even yeah. though it was not for the win. And then he corrects himself afterwards, but it does kind of put a damper on the moment like that, that happened. It's like every announcer in trivia that ever announces the winner when there's still a match to go. It's a real fun time. It's like, nope, we're tied. Oh, okay, let's move on. Killed Coho. Um, uh, you've done it before. You can't do math. We all need the problem. Um, was that your four? That's my six. Oh, what's your five? Sorry. <laughs> my five is uh, David Freeze, Game Six, 2011 World Series. Um, you, so, if you're going to say Game Six, are you going to talk about his errors too, or are you just going to talk about like the moments <laughs> that he has? Because we can talk about both. No, uh, I'm going to talk about him in this game i mean so the cardinals just for the context like the cardinals this was like one of the worst team worst teams to ever make the playoffs right um in terms of they they basically had to like go on be on fire during the last month of the season and have the braves lose like every single game just to make the playoffs which happened then they make it to the world series they're up against the rangers who had a really good team i mean the middle of their lineup with nelson cruz adrian beltran and josh hamilton was like you don't want to pitch to any of those guys. Um, and obviously, you know, the Rangers are one strike away from winning the World Series. Um, and they have one of the most dominant closers of the time, too, with Neftali Feliz in the game. And um, and Freeze comes up and he lines a triple off the wall. Like, again, just agonizing. Nelson Cruz is, like, so close to making the play. And it just goes off the edge of his um, glove. And, um, you know, game-tying triple. So that's the that's the first moment that happens. Um, then, of course, the Rangers go up again in extra innings because um, Tony La Russa leaves Jason Ma in for one batter too long. Josh Hamilton hits a two-run homer. So the Cardinals have to come back and get two runs in the bottom of the 10th, which they do. Lance Berkman gets a clutch hit. It's tied at six. Then in the 11th, Freeze comes up again, and he hits a home run, um, a walk-off homer to center. And it's one of the only good Joe Buck calls of all time because he actually stole the the call from his dad um, in the 91 World Series when Kirby Puckett hit the walk-off home run. And he says, we'll see you tomorrow night. And it's, you know, same scenario here. Forces a game seven. Freeze comes up and hits it. And, uh, and the Cardinals go on to win the World Series in game seven. Again, another sort of team of destiny type thing where, like, Everything just fell into place for them at the right time. Um, and I, I am partial to the Cardinals. My brother's a big Cardinals fan, so I do like to see them um, win. And, uh, yeah, this was, you know, one of the great individual clutch performances from Freeze twice uh, to come up. And also, again, Berkman also had the – they were down to their last strike again, and he gets the clutch hit. Uh, just an insane game. Um, so I live in St. Louis. Um, been around Cardinals my entire life. Um, I do not root for them. Um, I believe anybody that has a second MLB team should be, um, you know, taken out back and shown the rabbits. Um, cause I just don't believe in those things. I don't think they can be, um, two fan bases, but, um, this where I was in college, um, not the same. I don't think this is the collapse year for the Red Sox. No, that was the next year, I think, but we're not in it. Um, 
and Nelson Cruz, a flipping defensive liability, should have never been playing right field. Ron Washington, that's why you're a better third base ma- manager <laughs> than you are a head coach. You cannot leave that man in the right field. It's just one of the worst positions ever made. It it's incredibly me. hard playing right field, too, apparently. <laughs> to quote yeah, it's a, it is not an easy fielding to play at, um, but – then you also – that game was so defensively a, a flipping mess. Freeze yeah. had two errors, makes up for him in this game. Um, Cardinals should have sold him as high as possible after this World Series because no player was hotter than David Freeze leaving this thing. I remember watching it. Um, I remember when he hits the triple, we're all in the dorms, and that place exploded like – a unanimous just running people running around the hall screaming nuts. Then that home run happens, madness ensues. Absolute madness. It's just it is the greatest World Series game I've ever watched. Like yeah. moments of watching it, I've watched some. I've I've watched every year. That game makes me like still like sick to my stomach watching because. I'm I'm rooting for the Cardinals at that point because it's just this this town's going to explode and it's going to be a lot of parties afterwards. So I'm really hoping for that. Um, and then just that the see you t- yeah see you tomorrow night. Like only one I like better is see you later tonight when they hit the walk off for game four uh, in 04. But yeah, that moment just hits it right on the grass. That guy falls on top of it in that stadium. It's losing their mind. There's no better fan base. I stand by this. I've always stood by this. Than Cardinal yeah. fans like Car- St. Louis Cardinal in that stadium. I've went as a Red Sox full gear, treated me like I'm just one of them and not disrespectful at all. Love the Cardinal fan base overall. But yeah, that fan base losing their flipping mind. Great moment. Great moment. Needed to be on here. Um, I bet Rue was real close to making his list. He loved this moment so much. Uh, everybody else want to talk about this? Brooklyn, if you want to go. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a great-ish call. Like it's the best. Call. It's the best call that Joe Buck I think has ever has ever made. Um, it's the kind of dampened though know, that he kind of stole it off of his father. So it kind of it makes me look. My impression of him is a little more entitled now uh, because he probably got the job from his dad. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It sucks. Uh, it's. I can't imagine how Nelson Cruz was feeling at that time to be one strike away. Uh, from winning the World Series, and then it just all falls apart like that. Um, and if we're talking about great home runs in the World, World Series, uh, touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Sure. Um, Put it on your list. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I've never been I, – I dislike the Cardinals actively, but, like, after 2015, fuck the Rangers. So like I'm I'm happy this is, we get to talk about this. Fuck the Rangers. Um yeah, poor team went twice didn't win at all. Um at all. That's crazy. Um okay. Uh four. I agree with Paul that the Diggs catch is a great one too because he's actually excited about it. Like in Joe Buck is usually so boring. The Rajay Davis home run, I have no memory of what you're talking about. Uh number four, uh the kick six. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, I grew up in the South again. I'm a Tennessee fan. I follow the SEC, so I know there's no greater uh, rivalry in college football than Alabama versus Auburn. Um, 
it is, you know, it's an old sports cliche, but it is you throw out the record books anytime these two teams play. It doesn't matter if one team is, you know, comes in having won two or three games and the other team is Alabama. Um, you never know what's going to happen um, in this game. This was a case where both teams were extremely good, which obviously those are some of the most exciting Iron Bowls. Um, Alabama was number one undefeated and number four, uh, Auburn was number four, having only lost one game, having already had a miracle win against Georgia earlier in the year. Um, this was just a great game, you know, all the way. It was back and forth. Auburn scored a long touchdown with like 40 seconds left. Um, Alabama gets the ball back. They drive down the field. And Nick Saban, you know, the genius mastermind that he is, right, um, for once he outmasterminds himself, right, because an Alabama player goes out of bounds just inside Auburn territory. The clock runs out. We're going to go to overtime. And Nick Saban says, no, no, he stamps his feet. He does what Nick Saban does, demands that they you know, replay this because there's one second left on the clock. They do. They say, OK, there's one second. He decides to bring out his kicker for a 57-yard field goal. We know the deal with Alabama kickers. This is kind of where it started. But um, Chris Davis obviously catches the kick in the back of the end zone, goes all the way. I mean, you know, again, another moment with an insane call, the – Auburn announcer, sadly, he's passed away now, the radio announcer, but he had a great call. Um, and I, I just remember, I watched it live. I was with my parents. We were like, it was one of those, like, you're just silent. Like, you can't believe what happened. And it was around the time to be like, I know, like, Twitter and everything was around. But, like, I feel like it was when I started paying attention to it. And I can just remember sitting, standing there as he's running it back, thinking Twitter is going to burn to the ground, like, after this happens. Like, this is one of the craziest things ever um, in that big of a game for something like this to happen. And nothing will compare to the shot of Nick Saban's face um, after it happens. Like, you have never seen a person more dead inside because he realizes that he basically lost his team the game there, right? It wasn't his kicker's fault. It was a freaking 57-yard field goal, and he's a college kicker. Um, by, you know, demanding that that one second get put back on the clock. That cost Alabama the chance at the national championship. And then I think this was the year that they end up getting destroyed by Ohio State as well in the um, Sugar Bowl. Um, but I could have my years mixed up on that. But anyway, Auburn ends up winning the national championship uh, or going to the national championship and losing to FSU. But, um, yeah, it was a huge game and obviously one of the most insane moments. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Rest in peace, Rod mm -hmm. Bramblett. Legitimately the greatest radio call of any sports moment ever in my mind. Um, I I think back on that as much much like we use, Scott, like thinking about it in the context of football Twitter. Like this is my introduction to college football Twitter. Um, I was sitting in my basement, like literally steps from where I was right now. And I like ran around my basement two or three times when it happened. Um, Alabama at that point had won three of the last four national championships. Um, they were the juggernaut and Gus Malzahn just pulled something out of his hat. Um, the, the Nick Marshall touchdown to Sammy Coates to tie the game before this whole sequence was wild. You spoke briefly about the week before, um, arguably an even more insane play. Like the the, yeah. the Nick Marshall to, to to Ricardo Lewis touchdown the miracle of Jordan Hare, um, it's like everything about it is quintessential college football because none of it makes any sense. It's the Iron Bowl. It's 
rivalries are what the sport is about and to have that moment come in that game following the georgia auburn game with realistically it was a cool it was a it was a semi-final for the national championship at that yeah. point and like mizzou could have squeaked, squeaked in but whatever but like that's just it's there's no other moment and it really kick-started my introduction to college football internet and my true love and appreciation for the sport. I will just say, I remember sitting there on the, uh, with my buddies. And when I saw the field goal unit go out, I'm like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, they're like, what? You got to try. I'm like, no, you don't got to try. This is the iron bowl. Anything is going to like, something is going to break here. You don't risk it. It's not like you – I don't trust NFL kickers sometimes with 57-yard field goals, and you're going to trust it. Crazy moment. I saw it go into his hand, and I was just like – it's it's the same moment. I'm no offense, Brooklyn. I don't want to crush your dreams here, but it's like the – it's the Eagles-Giants where, like, just <sighs> don't the crumble. You know? Every, everything is in the air. Everything is working towards that. You just know something's going wrong here. And when it just happens, and I saw the run, and it, was, it wasn't like a hook it like foot flat. It was just gone. Great, One of the greatest moments. I still, like, still getting into college football at the time, not loving everything, not watching week to week, but that was just like, but knowing the Iron Bowl, knowing how those two, and yeah, the kick like he shouldn't have. He should take none of the blame. He kicked as hard as he could. He just he should have been put in the spot. They should have went to the overtime. Yeah. They should have went to the things. Like at that time, you're saying like you're Alabama. You trust your team. Like trust your team. They were the be- They were the better team, probably. Go into overtime, see what happens. And what's wild? That kick's good from fifty four. Like right. he kicked the piss out of that ball. It was on target, and right. then it just crazy. Uh, did you guys think about this at all? Uh, I did not know. I, I, I never, this completely Oh, it's NCAA. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, it is NCAA. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty great. Like, like Scott sold it beautifully. Like the, like the Alabama kind of collapsing at the absolute last moment because of a, because of like a 4,000 IQ play that, that they tried, that they tried to make. Um, mm. but yeah, I might actually have more fun watching CFL than I do with any college football game. Um, if he missed the goal, he might have even gotten a point if he was playing in the CFL. People in Canada don't even like oh, the CFL. Lord. Don't lie don't to yourself. I can't remember the last CFL game I went this, to. This, this moment was on my short list as well. It was on my list for a little bit and just kept moving. Uh, but uh, Brooklyn, this is for you. Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun uh, Jackson. Not an Eagles fan. Right, you're an Eagles fan. I'm not, I'm not an Eagles oh, fan. I'm a Redskins fan? fan, but I went to Cal. So Deshaun Always my man. His jersey is my risk in jersey. Hey, if you're a punter and you're up by a lot, don't punt to the fast guy. Punt it out of bounds. It's kind of the rule. Uh, I want to correct myself. Go ahead. It was it was Oklahoma that beat Alabama that year in the Sugar Bowl. That because that was the game where Brent Musburger perved out on uh, on AJ McCarron's girlfriend. But anyway, I thought that was no, that was the national title game the year before against Notre Dame because nothing was happening. Was it okay? Well, anyway, they did lose Oklahoma that year. Coming to multiplex. uh, Scott remembers college football playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Let's remember uh, some games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna live watch them on the call. Um, what's that moment called? The there's a name that's associated with the Eagles and Giants collapse. What is it? Does anybody know? 
I don't I, know. I, don't, huh? I would just call it the run back for Deshaun's run back. There's something that happens, like, because they were down so much and the amount of comeback. But, um, okay, uh, where are we at? So are we on three? Shut up, Michael. Three is Brooklyn. All right, yeah, so the matter three is a skip from earlier. Uh, it is the immaculate interception. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm kind of concerned now because I thought this was I thought this was called the immaculate interception. Maybe maybe it isn't, but it's James Harrison's extra long touchdown. Uh, the fucking pick six. Um, I remember watching this live. Uh, it's crazy. Like the interception itself is crazy, but then he fucking runs and runs and runs and almost gets tackled and like he almost loses it. Uh, and they, they they're sitting in the replay booth and they're like, "Is it a touchdown? Is it not?" And then he gets a touchdown. And it's just great. I love watching fat, watching not fat people, but like people that shouldn't be running backs go go distance. Um, just a, just a crazy moment uh, that kind of kicked off uh, kicked off like a an, an incredible game, uh, none, nonetheless. Uh, I've never heard to refer to as the immaculate interception. People try. There's there's two immaculate plays in Steeler history. It's the immaculate reception and then the immaculate redemption, which is the tackle Ben makes against the Colts in 05 oh, yeah. and 06. Those are the only two immaculate. I plays. even Googled the immaculate reception. I was like, Brooklyn's picking the 70s interception. Like, what are we doing here? And then Drink it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Or um, the, the receiver. Sure, you're yeah. good. Calling James Harrison fat is like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's, that's he's not, no. The shit I've seen that man doing on Twitter, like lifting more weight than humanly possible, like, come on. But like, say again, it to his face. Say yeah. to his face, Brooklyn. But, good luck. And like, you're capping off one of the greatest defensive years of all time in from James Harrison with one of the greatest defensive plays of all time. You're right, though. Like James Harrison shouldn't be running a hundred yards for for a touchdown, but like. The fact that it's a 14-point spring right on the death of the first half. They're like Kurt Warner played fucking incredible that game, that entire game. The only mistake he makes is that because Harrison, for like the first time all year, drops into coverage instead of rushing the passer. Um Larry Fitzgerald nearly tackling him, that would have broke my heart. Uh, but it sets up something, and we see it in the thumbnail. It sets that up and it just Everything about that game. It is it to me it's still the greatest Super Bowl of all time. I know Pat's fans will say twenty eight to three, but there's the you're not gonna top Super Bowl forty three anytime any any anytime soon. And this is the this is what sets the stage for what comes in the second half. Um so as a non don't have a fit uh uh team, I have players that I really like. Uh, there was nothing better, basically, since Ray Lewis when Ray Lewis retired, than Steelers Ravens games. I don't care when, any, regardless who you were rooting for or what you had. I had so much fun watching them as a player that had to play defense most of his career, like high school career. I absolutely loved it. James Harrison was one of those. Terrell Suggs and James Harrison, like if you pick my linebackers, I love both of them to like in degrees. Just how mean they looked, how vicious they played, and how they didn't care like what anybody thought of them. And when he caught that, like, as a quarterback, to throw an interception is bad enough. Throw it to a linebacker sucks. But to have the linebacker then take you to the house 
when you play a perfect game and looking back on it, if I don't throw that pass, if I chuck it to the ground, if I hold on to it, and anything happens, it's a better scenario than that one in a that's a one in a million play. I don't think you could run that same play numerous times. I don't think he gets that far that many times. I just don't. It's crazy. And in the Super Bowl, to have James Harrison do it too, you know, as a as a as a defensive player, touchdowns don't come that often. And when he does it, it's it an amazing play. Three, I'm proud of. I'm surprised he didn't have it higher. Honestly, as a Steelers fan, um, so but four. so four. I, I give you credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, great, great play, um, uh, Scott and uh, Rue. Yeah, it's uh, hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine like a more momentum killing play that you could possibly have for a team than what happens to the Cardinals here. Like the um, right before the half, they are like in the red zone. They are trying to put points on the board right before the half. And, you know, the exact worst thing happened, which is you think you're going to score, go into the locker room, having just put points on the board and you get a touchdown scored against you in the most improbable of circumstances. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, you know, an, an insane moment and obviously watching him like on oxygen on the sidelines afterwards is pretty uh, amazing too. But I think three is probably a little high, but again, you know, it, it, I understand from at least for Patrick's perspective as a Steelers fan. Um, but yeah, I, it's a great moment. Just wouldn't have made my list, obviously. Uh, this was another one that I also put on my short list and thought about putting on here. Um, my favorite thing was when I was watching it live and as many times as I thought he was going to go down and he did not go down. And it's like, oh, sh-. and and then the replay after, like, you just give just give the give the man the touchdown, please. After all that, give him the touchdown. It was it was a beautiful sight to see. Uh, Rue, so right. number two. Rue, you're and, three. Uh, my number three. Number three. Uh, so for me, my number three. Um, there were a couple of moments uh, of historical uh, sports moments that I was considering putting on the list, uh, and the one I ended up with with the one is the one that I just have just burned into my brain for forever, and it's Tommy Smith and John Carlos at the Olympics. Um, fist raised, black gloves. Um, the the bad thing is I don't even know what the fucking race is, like, and I should. Uh, I don't think I know either. And, and it's I crazy. I want to say it's the one or the it's either the one or the two hundred meter. I can't remember. I exactly. feel like it's I feel like it's the two, and if it's yeah. not the two, it's the four. Uh, but still, just the fact that they did that, the fact that uh, they'd have to give up their 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 medals afterwards uh, for doing that, it's it's one of the most important uh, moments in in sports history. In, in in U.S. history, period. It's just a beautiful image, um, and and it's one that. Uh, thank you, Paul. Two hundred meters, and it's it's one that it goes hand in hand with not only just sports history but civil rights history. Um, and I was, I, I knew like if I put a bunch of like historical moments on there, I'd be bullshitting myself. Uh, uh, but this was the one where I was like, it's really important, and I love the photo. And it's just it's just a great a, a great image to see. So uh, that's why I have it on here. Yeah, I I mean not I've seen the image so many times. Uh, definitely not around for it. Um, but during that time, I can definitely tell you what like the like I imagine what that meant for people at the time for sure. Especially seeing the moment go down. Uh, so I have zero problems with it being. That two on your list makes sense. Um, 
It's just hard when it doesn't. I just don't remember it because I wasn't there. So, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, anybody else? I know Scott came in and said he didn't include anything that he wasn't alive for, but everybody know this moment. Talk about this moment a little bit. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know the moment. Um, I, I, well, I agree with, or not, not agree with Scott, but I was also on the same, same route. Um, I preface my list for things that I, things that I experienced. Um, but yeah, a moment that will always be, that will always be, always be talked about. Um, because I'm just super, super important and like, you know, kind of uh, like kind of a big fu to the Olympics. Like these medals, are, medals are, aren't, aren't important right now. There are bigger, there are bigger issues. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about you know like a lot of amazing plays and games and whatnot, but I think this is a great pick because this is why we love sports too, right? It's you know the human stories and that it can represent so much more than just a game, right? If it was just a game, um, it wouldn't mean as much to us as sports fans um so i think this is a great choice because obviously it shows a moment where you know athletes became a voice for you know societal change which is something that continues to happen today um and it was you know very important that what they said be said at the time that it was said 100 percent. like i feel woefully underqualified even coming in to try and discuss anything about this but I'll echo everything that was said about it. It's it's so vital and it's iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, what is your three, Patrick? Uh, going back to Brooklyn's five, uh, the 1-1 one, one count from Dyson, Batista with a drive, deep left field, no doubt about it. Um, funny, funny story. I listened to this on the radio. I didn't see it. I didn't actually see it live because it was the same day as a Raptors preseason game in Ottawa that I had tickets to. And the seventh, I know, I know it's so, it's so dumb. I was like 17, 18, like I had, it's because the seventh inning took so long, right? That seventh inning took like 45 minutes in and of itself. And so I was just like, I was trying to stay there. I was trying to stay there. And then my dad was just like insisting that we go, insisting that we go. We're constantly fighting. But we were in the parking lot just outside Scotiabank Place at the time. And we hear the call on the radio. And my dad just starts honking the horn like mad because we've just lost our minds. I didn't pay attention to anything that was going on during that basketball game, the first half of that basketball game. Because I was just on my phone constantly refreshing, trying to see what the score was in, in, in Jays Rangers. And I hate that I didn't see that live. But even hearing the, the radio call, which I the only thing I remember from that is just the cheering. And like the whole inning is a blight on Toronto sports fans. Um, cause like the, the fucking, the shit happens after, um, it wasn't Russ. Was it Russ? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like wrap it out of door. No, 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 not a door. The, um, the, the throw, who was the catcher? Who was the catcher? Uh, was it the Texas? No, for us. Oh, for us. Uh, Russell was, Martin. It was Russ. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was gonna get, yeah, 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 because yeah, because when Russ throws it and it goes off of the, the, of the Rangers batter, it's fucking and, like, ridiculous. Everyone's fucking like losing their minds. The Toronto fans are throwing shit on the field, like it's, and you have the whole team trying to come out there and stop everything, but then the absolute roar, one of the loudest roars I've ever heard in my life, especially on the radio where the announcer just completely drowned out. It's absolutely iconic. I watch that moment at least once a month. I think. It's fucking great. 
Uh, yeah, so your I, entire seventh inning. Yeah, so I had this. I had this vibe the entire. Like it's just it's madness. Um, I used to Cody and I used to be in chat rooms talking about. I used to think baseball is fucking like awful uh, sport to watch because it can be boring. Uh, but this is one of the instances where that doesn't apply. Uh, yeah, the fucking like when Russell is throwing it back and it hits and it hits the bat and it's like. It's such a fucking bullshit thing. But then Ruffin Odor walks like he walks in and the there's like like he he became a villain in that in that moment. So like the fight afterwards, like the next year, kind kind of makes kind of makes sense. Um, the and then like after that, uh, like Elvis Andrews committing three errors um, as like to keep like to keep that rally alive. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the, like the, 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 the flip, the backflip pretty well. I was watching this at a friend's place. Uh, my friend had on the Jose Bautista Jersey and like, we just, we just went nuts. Um, it was, it was, it, it was great. Um, but yeah, just a, a slew of things happening, um, that you just like, you couldn't even write this. My, my initial pitch to, to people who haven't seen this before, imagine if Coho and Boatman were, were forced to write a baseball movie, but they just lost to fuck you Lucas off of a challenge. So there needed to be something like technical in there for us to like lose just for us to come back and have that feel good. Win. I mean, you can say technical all you want. He threw the ball, hit the bat, but you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have the, like your bat, like that's that's there's ignorance and then there's and then there's doing shit like that. There's ignorance and bliss. Um. Anyways. Um. So I don't hate the Jays as like I I rank them in the order of Yankees, Rays, Jays, Orioles. Basically, you guys have not been relevant for a gosh long time, and you're you're never gonna win a championship right now. Like I sorry, I just think your young talent's just gonna. Boba shit. Canada's literally leading five of the All-Stars right now. America needs to stand up and say, fuck Toronto, because you've got one team to yeah. vote for the Jose player. It's so stupid. Boba shit shouldn't even sniff the All-Star game. He's, gosh, he's not, not good at all. Yeah, um, not, uh, uh, but what I will say, um, I'll vote the guy from Cleveland, by the way. Great season. Going to totally yes. miss it. But he's having a fantastic season. Anyway. Baseball is my favorite sport because I believe overall, like when you look, boil it down, one of the hardest sports to do, one of the hardest sports to like get nine people on the same page. Not one all, not one of the best players in the world can ever lead a team to a championship. It never is going to happen. Um, and basically, the Rangers had a comedy of errors. Is that the same season Ordor gets a shit punch? Has punched? No, in? it's, like, it's oh, no, the year, it's the gets year punched after. Yeah. In? The year no. after, okay, yeah, because okay. it was like it was in April, I think that that. But it, it's brewing in this series. The series yeah. is very tense. Of season is a lot of cheap shots, a lot of just hard slides, a lot of like griping back and forth to each other. It's an ugly thing. I hate Roger Center. I think it's one of the worst stadiums in this league because um, I just hate how it's constructed. I think it's garbage. Even worse than Tropicana Field. No, that's pretty bad to No, nothing's um, worse than that. No, nothing. nothing's worse than Tropicana Field. Except uh, maybe anyways, the new Orioles wall. That that's pretty. Oh cool. God! Well, <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. Wall. Even but oral the, players hate them. But the green uh, monster is iconic. It's tradition. Well, it's not good there. That's the greatest ballpark of all time. Don't even fucking talk to me. Um. Anyways, you're a well, you're a bitch. Um. <laughs> anyways, um. 
I have left-handed players that can't hit that wall right now. So, anyways, uh, what I will say is um, the seventh inning, so many comedy of errors, so many things go wrong, so many things. Hitting is contagious. Everything's brewing up to it. And then you have the guy with basically the biggest dick on the team, like massive just fuck you energy comes up to the plate, solid beer, garbage player, if we're going to be real honest. He just had launch angle before launch angle was a real thing. He's never a Hall of Famer. But when he could get a hold of one, it was the great one of the greatest sights in the world, especially over those three-year span. Um, and he jacks that thing and that bat flip. You knew it was happening. Everything boiled to that moment where it was going to happen, and he chucked that bat and just looked at everybody. It's the moment bat flips came to be. It's the moment everything. Baseball had a little bit more personality. Baseball was kind of like revitalized a little bit with that swing of the bat. I love the moment. I remember the crowd, and I've heard Roger Center get loud. I've never, like, on TV, it was – the cameras were shaky. It was shaky. It was so yeah. loud. Yeah. Everything was like – you couldn't tell what was going on. It was, I still think I, and I know one was a world series, one was a win, but I say that home run beats Joe Carter's. I think that home run and everything it set up and just the anger, I wish it would have led to something more for him, but great, great moment. Great moment. Just, and just looking at him, I'm like, fucking go. And then he gets a shit rock next year. It was great. Um, uh, anybody else consider that you? Okay. Sorry. Rue. No, but if that's the bat flip, I love that fucking flip. Yeah. So good. So good. I love that. I, that's my best favorite bat flip of all time. It's just the anger is out of space. Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Scott, you're next. Yeah. I, um, I, I, it was, it's a great moment, obviously. I didn't really think about it for miles because I like hated it at the time because of the bat flip. I mean, I've learned to like accept it now, but like you said, Cody, like this was kind of like the invention of the bat flip almost in a way, like nobody had done it at least that flamboyantly before. And now like every single player on Tennessee does it every single time they hit a home run. Like it's just oh. a commonplace now. You like um, that when you're running around the base? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we, we also, we also do that. Cost you the national too. championship. Just no saying. comment. Yeah. Oh yeah. If we'd played the right way, we would have won. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it, it's, it's an electric moment. And yeah, that one of the loudest crowds you'll ever see, like at any major sport moment. So I, I have no qualms with that being good. I will, I will say about this moment, just one more time. It's, Bat flip. Baseball is always about rules and like how you approach the game and unwritten rules and how you don't cross the line and how you don't. There's retaliations for what you do. There's all these things, and it led to the hard slide by like him sliding into our door, and then that's what led to that. Like this moment stayed with them since that moment. But when he chucked the bat, that was when the rule book got torn down the middle, and you're like, okay, shit's gonna happen next year when they battled, and it was it was lightning. It's the same reason when the Mets and the uh, Mets, um, Dodgers, right? Is that uh, Chase Utley slide? Yeah. Like, yeah. like that still carries weight to this day about it. Like, you just don't fucking do it. Like, um, yeah. So, great choice. And one uh, last thing. Um, yeah. The thing that makes it even better, the Jays were down 0-2 in the series. And to right. come back, win two games in Texas, yeah. and then come back and do that. Because R.A. Dickey pitched a gem in Texas the night before. <laughs> It just lit the it lit the spark that you needed at that point, and momentum is everything in baseball. Uh, okay, what's uh, Scott? Yep. What's your uh, my three is uh, Michael Phelps winning eight gold medals in two thousand eight. Hmm. That's a long moment, buddy. <laughs> 
Hey, he only won his eighth gold medal one time. That was that's a moment right there, and that was the record, right? He he broke the record then when he got the the eighth gold medal. But yeah, I mean, you know, one of the most impressive individual, if not the most impressive individual achievements ever. I love the Summer Olympics, and I love swimming like the most of any of the Summer Olympic sports. Probably, I think it's really exciting. There's always like interesting stories. It feels like going on in like practically every single race. Like you know that. NBC, they'll come on and tell about, oh, here's this person in lane four, and there, there's this great story. Where it's like it's what the Olympics is all about. Um, I, you know, I love Michael Phelps too. Like I think, you know, he's he's a, a incredible athlete, great guy. Also, it seems like it's hilarious in retrospect that people tried to cancel him for uh, smoking weed, given what the things that people are canceled for nowadays. But anyway, um, sidebar. This whole run was amazing just, like, to watch history because he didn't, like, you know, he was dominant, but, like, he did not have it all his own way. I mean, you had the 100-meter fly where he won by one hundredth of a second, like the closest race you will ever see. And that's one of the greatest sports photos ever, too, from under the water um, where he out-touched Milan Kavic by, like, like, it is, you cannot put a peppercorn in between Milan Kavic's finger and the wall but he's not touching the wall and michael phelps is like it was one hundredth of a second it cannot be a closer race than that and then uh yeah the the one that paul mentions the four by 100 relay when jason lezak run uh you know swimming the anchor leg anchor a leg like just absolutely comes out of nowhere um like he had to close so much distance in the last 50 meters and he does it. And, you know, that shot of Michael Phelps just going insane um, there. It, it, you know, shows how much it it meant, meant to him um, to try and get the record. Um, so it was, it was awesome, uh, it, you know, an awesome individual moment. And, um, you know, also with swimming, like Dan Hicks and Rowdy Gaines, who always do the swimming for NBC, are some of the best commentators, I think. And they, they made all the moments more exciting. So, um yeah, this, you know, this is one that will probably never be topped. Um, it's, it's you know, an incredible uh, individual achievement, like I said. Is that the, is this the Olympics where France talks shit and they will lose? Yeah, that oh, was in yeah. the, in the relay when Lisa ran down yeah. France. Yeah. I think it's just the most impressive, I'll be quick on this one, but I think it's the most impressive that he had to rely on other people as well to earn his, like, goal, all yeah. of them, and, like, everything fell into place for him. Yeah. I, I still remember the French talk shit and I just like, and Phelps just, ah, that just his massive hands and like just mm -hmm. limbs just screaming. Um, I bet Canada doesn't know what that feels like, but we remember eight gold medals. It was a great time. Um, what? I, I, just Paul's comment. Dan Hicks is great on golf too. He doesn't just do swimming. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> The mad, the magic of Scott and the stuff he can pull out. He can't maybe know what national championship games were, but he can know the NBC announcers for swimming on. Like, but I will say, Bass Olympics, I love swimming. Every time it's on, I'm fully on board. Like that, and it was prime time basically for when he was doing yeah. it. Like made made sure it was on the time. It was a great thing to watch. Um, two Canadians and Rue uh, Phelps came close. No, not moment-wise, but he was on my list of uh, best athletes. Um, so I understand. Yeah, it's never really made it that close, I think. Again, if a Canadian did something like this, then there'd be a bit of an uproar. It'd be 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, you guys it's like, just implode the earth if that's actually eight, eight championships. You guys don't know what that means. Look at Brooklyn. Just yeah. keep talking. See just you. keep talking because no one can hear you. Sorry. Um, I think we won one gold medal that year, and it was in trampoline of all things. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe, yeah. So that like that close two hundred, that close like harder than a second race. I think the exact analogy they used was the length of, of a length of like a fingernail clip or whatever. That's pretty fuck pretty fucking insane. Um, if we're talking about sweating though, I really actually I really like the diving. Um, I just love what they can do flippy spinny shit and then just enter the water so fucking clean. Um, but the swimming could definitely be could definitely be tense. Yeah. Jose Ramirez um, just got hit by a pitch. Everyone, I stopped breathing. Uh, by the way, he needs to uh, wear a mic more often. By the way, Jose Ramirez. Yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> Not as good as me. Um, Brooklyn, what's your two? All right, staying with the Olympics. Uh, Cindy Crosby, the golden goal. So. Part of you thought you were gonna win. <laughs> oh, absolutely! <laughs> oh, absolutely! I'm winning. Um, part of part of being a Canadian or part of the Canadian culture is uh, how much you are, how much you are not, how much you are un-American. Like we we pride ourselves in being not America because there's a lot of things that you guys don't, do, you guys a lot of things that you guys don't do uh, that you should be doing. But the fact that we beat you guys in overtime on our own home on our home soil. Uh, and it was just such a, a great sport. moment. I was watching. I was watching this at uh, watching this at home with my dad and his friend. Uh, it's a great call by Chris by Chris Cuthbert. Um, they, it was a stacked stacked year, um, or a, like a stacked team. Um, even like, but even even the goalie like Ryan Ryan Miller for the states. He he had a he was doing quite well in Buffalo and probably like probably the best player um, on that team. But just, uh, just, just a, a great, great moment um, to cap to really to cap off the Olympics. This was like the tail end, tail end of that run. Um, I prefer the Winter Olympics over the summer. I know, I know that's a bit of a yikes take, but winter countries can't. I don't think it's. I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be a bad thing that winter countries can be celebrated like for their like for their sports like like this like the ski like skiing bobsledding. There's so many so many great things. Uh, that can be done done in this time frame, uh, but hockey is hockey is just one of them, and it's always competitive, um, and there's always just been a heated rivalry with 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 the states. So anytime we get to beat you guys, uh, is just uh, an extra an extra layer of fondant on the on the great cake that is the gold medal. This is your turf. We should lose. Like, aren't you born to put a hockey stick in hand? Like, what are like? What, what do you guys think you're great at? Everything. We are. Not we're hockey. The greatest country in the world. Sorry, I hate to tell you. Like, we're last. Jeff in a lot Daniels of education would disagree. Things. We're last <laughs> in a lot of educational things, but in sports, like, we have a great track record in being good in a lot of things. Hey, hey, Patrick. When's the last time you had to pay to go to the hospital? Uh, oh, we're doing. <laughs> Win Butler up here. <laughs> Listen, I have friends in Canada. They have to come across the border sometimes to get surgery because you guys take too damn long. Anyways, on that note, I will state I don't give a shit. Like, at all. You won this. Congratulations. Like, you should. You were tied in, in hockey to the United States 
with the best Canadian hockey players, that should be a disappointment for you. You shouldn't have had to go to OT. You should have won in regulation, but you couldn't get the job done. So he wins with two minutes left in overtime? Please. That's not impressive. Or were they on their? Were, were they just a little down? Were they just not as oh, good as us? Oh no! Because we were pretty much equal to you up till two minutes left in the OT. We almost what? How would this have ranked if we would have beat you in that? How stupid would that have been? That that actually though that kind of happened though. There's like in the row juniors in I think it was like 2005. Or 2006. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not yeah. doing you this. Guys, you, you guys, you guys beat us juniors? in, in a big collapse. Um, I, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing. I'm going to kind um, of agree with Coho right now because uh, UND is supplying essentially the entirety of the Ottawa Senators prospect pool. Exactly, the University so of North like, Dakota is the reason have, hockey is even good in Canada. Like, well, no, don't say it's good. No. The Ottawa Senators stink, but like that's our entire prospect pool, so I can't, I can't say anything. Is Bobby Ryan still your best player? No, he retired multiple years ago. Oh shit! Okay, yeah, I'm not even sure uh, who your best player. That's like yeah. that's like that's like USA looking towards like soccer and like hopes for World Cup at times. I'm just like, guys, we probably shouldn't win this. We shouldn't. If we do, it's cool, but it's not happening. Um, but oh, well, the women's team won or something. We won. See, we're winning stuff we shouldn't win in. Sucks to suck. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> When's Canada's last NBA uh, like a uh, World? Uh, like, the the Raptors, like two the Raptors beat the Warriors. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Not that. That doesn't count. That, that doesn't. That doesn't count. Injuries? Oh, please! Doesn't count at all. Oh, do we want to play that game? Yes, we do. Every every NBA championship, every championship has an asterisk next to it. No, some are bigger than others, but every championship has an asterisk next to it. Anybody else have the golden goal? The, the Canadian didn't even have the golden goal. No. So what the it, hell was it, I considered it. I considered no, it for the back half no, of my list. Um, it, it is an iconic moment, but like, I will. What about the goal that happened in the Junior Olympics? How did that rank? Oh, the, there is a problem in Canada where like the biggest sporting event of the year is the Junior Hockey Championships that so takes place better. over Christmas. Like, it is insane how much value is placed on. Is that a real team. thing? Yes, yeah, it is. Brooklyn's looking hockey championship. Canada looking really US nervous on right New Year's now. Eve is is like is like one of the greatest traditions ever. I'm guessing we know what Brooklyn's number I've one is. Kansas celebration for Christmas. Yeah. Junior hockey. Junior yeah. hockey. It is the biggest thing. It, it doesn't make any sense that we place the entire hopes of a nation on a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds to win a hockey tournament and get disappointed a lot because Canada hockey Canada is a mess. Um it's, Didn't you guys it, just talk about March Madness though, and like college football? Like, isn't that the exact same thing? Not eighteen, nineteen. No. Let's move on. <laughs> well, because they'll go to play NBA and NFL, which are actually sports that people care about. You guys went on strike for two years, and owners were losing money, so they had to bring them back a league that people really didn't care about. Uh, baseball can't talk. You guys are lucky. Like baseball is lucky that they had a season. We why? You, uh, Baseball we have the highest on, contracts. Baseball is on strike because top. because Rob we pay Manfred people we pay Indian? people forty million dollars a year. What's your number two? As long as what's they've been two? in the league. What's for your 10 two, years. Rue? What's your two? Uh, my two is Ray Allen's three versus the Spurs. Talk about um, a hard break. I am extremely upset because I was on a double date at Olive Garden during this watching. <laughs> 
the fucking ESPN fan cast and updating the the damn circles on uh, on a court on ESPN app. And the three people around me were looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, I have to find a TV. Give me a TV. Right? Show me a TV. I don't think I've watched a highlight of something for more consecutive days, especially because I missed that shit live than after this one. Um, by far, some of the most clutch plays in NBA history. Uh, Bosch's rebound for one. Um, yes, LeBron missed the three, but he hit the three like five seconds beforehand to get it to three points before that. Kawhi had to miss a free throw uh, for this to even be a thing. Bosch gets the rebound, and the fact that Ray Allen had the wherewithal to fucking step back, dribble in his face, one of the smoothest three-point shots I've ever seen in my life. It is, it is, and it's against the Spurs, uh, against uh, the Spurs, who I also fucking despise. Um, not as much as everybody else. It's a respectful dis- despise because they're the team that stopped me from getting uh, the Knicks getting a championship during that '99 season. Um, I respectfully hate them, uh, but it's just it was it, it's a beautiful play. Ray Allen, the fact that Ray Allen did it is better than LeBron, I guess. Um, but that shit is is the most heartbreaking and exciting. And most, oh my gosh, that shit just happened moments uh, in NBA history. It's called fucking heartbreak. I love, I love the Spurs. Like I'm not, I don't have a fan base in that because I just decided I can't, I can't have more than a fan base of baseball because I think my wife would leave me because uh, I'm just too passionate about the Red Sox overall. So if I had two big fandoms, but I loved like that era of. Um, Tim Duncan, uh, Parker, and Ginobili, like that setup. I wanted them to win so bad because, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. That's a big hole living out there. Big hole in San Antonio. I'm like, need to fix the damn AC. Um, if you've never watched his rant on San Antonio, the montage, it's my favorite thing. Thank you for bringing that out there. Uh, they wait to, they, you got to weigh them twice. Um, but that three killed me because the next year is when they demolished, demolished. Um, yeah, the hit. Yeah. And just how fluid that team was with just like distributing and just going. Like, I've that never rooted for Boris Dio's mo. But yeah, that three was just a heartbreaker. Just a heartbreaker because I didn't want LeBron to have another title. And when he does it, and they're just like, oh. And yeah, uh, why was Tim Duncan not on the floor? Still one of the most confusing moves ever at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, great, great choice. Anybody else close to having this? No, Cody, you and I are on the same page about the NBA and LeBron stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, uh, I'm not, not a fan. So that's why it, it didn't um, come close to my list. Like, cause I didn't, I obviously didn't want the heat to win one with like the big three and all like, um, uh, you know, them losing to the Mavericks was like one of the funniest things ever to me. Uh, like Dirk just taking over. Um, but you know, I mean, I think we knew eventually they were going to get one even against a team like the Spurs, but yeah, I hated seeing it happen this way. Uh, it's, it's the best Mike Breen, Breen bang of all time, but like, I, I couldn't put it anywhere near my list because like, again, I I'm on the same page there. Hate LeBron, hate, hated that heat team so much. Um, yeah, it's 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 an all time just wild play, but it was never gonna come anywhere near my time. Mike Breen is a goat commentator. Period. Him and Walt Fraser as the the homers for Knicks 
Nick's uh, commentary, best duo of all time. So, so now I'm, I mean, like it's, uh, I don't think of this play initially. Like, like Ray Allen is probably my favorite player on that big on that big trio, and that's saying something because with Chris Bosh coming from coming from Toronto. Um, I'm just kind of surprised now. Nobody has Tracy McGrady getting like 12 points in nine seconds. Like I could like, insignificant game. Yeah, 13. It's still, and that's still an impressive feat as an athlete. It's too close to Reggie's eight eight in three seconds. I don't have I don't have Fernando Tatis's two grand slams either. Like like the, those are the things that are moments. That, that isn't even the best uh, home run from a San Diego Padre. Daniel Camarena hitting a grand well, slam off of Max Scherzer. That's not what I was talking about at all. Uh, yeah. I was talking about his dad. But oh, I'm dad. saying, like, that's my thing. Moment games that don't matter, those are cool moments, but they just they they fall to the wayside sometimes over bigger games. Yeah. Uh Patrick, you're two, I think. Um, game series, Toronto has won it. Kawhi Leonard shot to beat the Sixers in game seven. Um, this ball defied physics. There's no way that the shot should have gone in. Uh, he was double teamed by Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, shook off Simmons, had to shoot over Embiid, and I don't know how the ball fell. Like, it, it to this day, it mystifies me how that ball went in, but it did. And the Raptors won a championship because of it. Um, we would have lost in overtime. Like, the Raptors would have clearly lost in overtime. The Sixers had it. Kawhi went something like 16 of 38 from the field, and just like sheer will brought that team the series in that game um the my favorite part of it is that there was a cut of like all of the foreign announcers who like were calling it as the game goes on like and you just hear the korean version the portuguese version and everyone losing their minds it's one of only two shots ever to be buzzer baiter game seven series winners that and jordan shot over craig elo against the Cavs and whatever that was, I think it was 89. Um, just fucking all of it is insane. It's the only time Kawhi Leonard ever showed emotion for more than 10 seconds. Um, you have uh, Marcus Saul immediately just like losing his shit, screaming, and then he immediately turns around and like hugs Joel Embiid, just showing who Marcus Saul is as a dude. Um, I don't blame Embiid for crying in the hallway after. I think anyone who Ooh. like experiences that sort of loss, like fucking show all the emotion you want. It's an all-time fucking moment uh, for any any basketball fan, except Sixers fans, I guess. Yeah, this this was gross. Just, I think if it doesn't bounce as many times as it does. It doesn't like kill it. I, I called it like the four. It's like the four horsemen of the apocalypse: war, famine, pestilence, death. Like just, <laughs> it's just like boom, 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 and you just see it drop and the leap. Like, crazy! It's crazy that play. Just the it's, photo it's, of him squatting too. Like he's in a full squat, watching it as it goes. It's yeah, it's a it's an absolute great. When you think of buzzer beaters, especially to send the team on. It's one of those shots that will live forever. I don't think it actually gets enough credit for what it is, though. Like, it happened, it went kind of fast. There's other scoffs that we still three. I think it's still on the level. I understand it won's the finals, but that Ray Allen three, I still consider that shot just as good. Like, it just maybe the the magnitude to what it was to send the team possible. So, anybody else have this close? 
this was on like this was in my short list um this like it's it, it's a great play but it, it's kind of dampened one because Kawhi was only on the team for one year so he very much felt like a rental and i feel like a lot of people that criticize the Raptors winning the championship is like oh because Kawhi like Kawhi carried you guys there and you're kind of and you're like kind of right um and then yeah, like all the bounces there, it, there's just there's like an underlying sense of like like it was just too lucky for our own, for our own good. Um, yeah. My favorite thing is the pictures of all the close-ups of Embiid's face, Simmons' face, and Kawhi squatting. It's just it's, it's hilarious. And I saw that clip of all the foreign announcements. It's just just again seeing it again and again and again and again. Uh, it was a crazy ass shot. I'm just not that big of an NBA fan or else this probably would have registered more for me. I, I do remember watching it with my brother who's a Sixers fan. Um, oh. And that was, it was one of those things where you just like, you can't say, I, I said nothing. I just sat there and stared straight ahead. It was like when I watched the Villanova shot with several UNC fans, um, like as soon as the shot went in, I just got up and was like, all right, well, I'm going to bed <laughs> because there's just nothing, no other way to respond to that. And it was kind of the same way with this, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, again, from a Raptors fan, of course, like this has got to be in the top tier for you. All right. Uh, Scott, you're two. Uh, I'm going to lose because of my top two picks. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Uh, number two, I have Tiger Woods winning the 2008 U.S. Open. I mean, I don't, um, I don't know if anybody else is in really like – clear company to win this episode so you don't don't count your chance. that's true Go ahead. i could still beat brooklyn i think but um <laughs> but yeah this is the greatest golf tournament uh definitely that i've ever watched and this was i mean so much went into this right tiger had one knee basically like the entire time he hit every single shot that he hit he would like bend over and like you the entire weekend all four rounds you could hear him like in audible pain like anytime he hit a significant shot the fact that he kept going is you know and even just finished the tournament is one thing um and then you know the fact that he played like maybe one of his greatest tournaments ever and wins after playing an additional 19 holes on that monday because the u.s open does an 18 hole playoff if uh you if you're tied after four rounds and even still they were tied so they had to play another um playoff hole is incredible um, yes, Jake mentions Rocco Mediate, who of course is part of it. He's like this old journeyman golfer who was like in his mid forties, had never really had any sort of, um, high finish in a major. And he was like, you know, dominating, well, not dominating, but he's leading on the final day, right? He's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, but Tiger's right there the whole time. At, first of all, at the end of round three, he had two back-to-back -back Eagles. One of them was a chip that he hit from the bunker that like, if it had not hit the flagstick and dropped in, it would have like it would still be rolling probably because of how hard he hit it. Um, but then, you know, he was still right there on the last day, and you knew that he, you know, he wasn't going to go away. And he ends up with like an 18 foot putt on the 18th green to send it to that playoff. Um, and I just want to point out, Dan Hicks is the swimming commentator was on the call for this, and uh, Tiger hits the putt, and he goes, "Expect anything different?" Which is a great call, and also it's you know uh, one of the great Tiger fist pumps in the red shirt. It's just like the iconic image of Tiger, um, 
sends it to the playoff and Rocco the, you know, he was in the clubhouse watching and there's this like footage of him. He's like, I knew he would make it. Um, everyone knew he would make it, but still it's you know, amazing to see. And then Tiger again, still just like in so much pain comes through on the next day, guts it out through 19th hole, 19 holes and beats Rocco. And yeah, I mean, he had his master's win, um, you know, a few years ago to like, sort of cap things off but like this was really like the last time i think we saw a tiger at his peak really um and it was you know a hell of a way to to you know cap off an incredible i mean you know greatest probably the greatest golfer of all time um he's had so many iconic moments through his career but like for me this is the one i will always remember it's the moment that I think is a counter to anyone who says golf is not exciting because it was you were just hanging on every single shot. Um, and, you know, t Tiger is amazing. Like, there's no other way to put it. Uh, a few things. Paul, people have been timed out for worse comments before, so uh, <laughs> be careful with what you're saying. Uh, my uncle was attached to this series this weekend watching this, so this is very – I know exactly what you're talking about. I watched it. It's the only time I was ever excited to watch golf. Shout out Live Tour. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Cody um, coming out as pro Saudi. Correct me if I'm wrong, but PGA Tour has a uh, as a tournament in Saudi or like something around that, and they're uh, not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, not anymore. But you're throwing. Calm down. Don't don't try to table. Joking. With me. Cody, no, do I you know. Also have uh, gambling debts like Phil Mickelson that you need to pay off. <laughs> Dude, I I sat there. You know, somebody said, "Hey, here's 150 million. It's gonna be hard for me not to get off the table to do something." I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, but no, great moment. Great moment. I don't love golf. I think golf is extremely boring, and I don't think it's because of golf itself. I think one golf's too long. Just in general, like I like a televised event, because I think between like hole five and twelve, it's just like boring to me overall. Like when there's closer matchups, great. Like when there's close, that's when it's exciting. When it's like blowout, I don't give a shit. Like it's hard to follow and that stuff. And I think the telecast of it is just boring. But this Tiger was Tiger. I mean, no one's greater than watching Tiger play. It's it's a it's like Michael Jackson performing and singing. Like those people like come once in a lifetime, and he was one of those people. That just transcends. So I fully am okay with that being your number two. It wouldn't be mine personally, but I, I watched the entire weekend and how much and how crippled he was basically throughout everything. So, um, yeah, crazy. There will not be another golfer like uh, Tiger at all. It's crazy. Um, everybody, anybody have this close? We're going to try to keep it quick. Like if you didn't have it, we'll think about it. No, uh, I, I couldn't tell you what happened. I I just know what happened. It's Tiger. Yeah, the last thing image for me, even after the putt on 18, is just Rocco shaking his head like, of course he did. Like, the, that to me is the, the, the thing that describes everything about that. Moment. Yeah. Um, I remember I remember whenever this happened, like him him having him going through that pain is fucking rough. I actually came off of the golf course before I got to the show, uh, and golf was frustrating on a good day. Um, I, I like his, um, of moments though. I think his chip in, uh, from the masters is uh, a little, is just sure. is kind of runs for me. Um, if there's other golf moments we can talk about though, uh, three months ago, Bryson DeChambeau hit a 340 yard drive over water, uh, to get, to be within 10 yards of a, of a green on a par five. That's just, that's, that's madness. Um, yeah. 
I, uh, It'll be great. What does that mean? It'll be great on the lift, um, or I, <laughs> I do love the. Uh, there is a there's a clip on uh, something. Uh, Darius Rucker uh, plays golf with Tiger apparently, and he they bet him ten thousand dollars. He he said, "I'm gonna beat you one day." And Tiger goes, "Sure, not on your best day, you could beat me." He's like, "I'll give you a million dollars. You beat me on this last hole, par three. And Tiger had one of his worst holes and still chipped out or whatever. And looked at him and goes, "Bitch, I told you you'd never beat me." It's just like how Tiger is. Like it's just so perfectly. He's like, "Nah, not even on your best day, you can beat me. It's great." Um, and I will say, golf is the one sport like the pro. I think I said this pro. The pros versus like the second like tier is the massive gap. This you're not even close. Like it is the most skilled, one of the most skilled things you can do and be good at. Um, if I was great, I'd be hustling everybody. It would be the greatest day of my life. Um, uh, okay, we're on ones. Uh, uh, for your curling championship of – go ahead. Go ahead, Burke. Uh, yeah. All right, quick honorable, quick honorable mention. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's another USC moment. Derek Lewis, my balls was hot. Uh, but number one, uh, Joanna versus Whaley, number one uh, at UFC uh, 257. Yeah. Forget. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, oh, you, I'm surprised you guys showed the uh, the hemoglobin. Okay. Oh man, that's fucking rough. Um, yeah, so this is the greatest title fight in women's history, um, and probably the number two uh, title. It's like number one or number two. You can argue that Robbie Lawler, uh, or sorry, yeah, Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald uh, is is better. But this is just this is a brutal five round war. Um, I watched this. Um, I watched this uh, before on rewatch. Um, it was great. Like it has, it, it has a, has a buildup, the, like the late punches and round one kind of set up, set a bit of, set up a bit of drama. Um, round three is when things get, just, just get dialed up. Um, Joanna gets a big bump on her forehead, uh, and it just grows and grows and grows. This fight should have arguably been stopped in the fourth round, but they still keep fucking fighting. Um, I'm not going to spoil this one because I think, like, I think even for Rue and Scott, like, please go watch this. Go watch this match because you could, like, like, there's arguments for either side. Like, um, they had a they had a rematch. They had a rematch recently, uh, which was great as a as a Wei Lee fan. Uh, spinning, I will spoil that one. A spinning uh, spinning back fist uh, knockout. Uh, and Joanna just falls flat. Um, but yeah. Uh, just uh, like women's straw weight is so interesting because they're so light. So like when you have that minute rest in between, they're like they're fresh. Like you like when you go into that fifth round, they still have that same energy that they were carrying into them for, for the first round. And just the the amount of damage that is done between those two, like those two fighters both lost years off of their lives, especially with like how Wei Li went into her title fight with um with Rose with Rose coming on. And then just getting battered in the first, getting battered in the first round. This kind of, kind of like a shell of herself. Um, but yeah, please go watch this fight because um, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the reason, the reason that it's like 
women because people are like, yeah, women shouldn't co- shouldn't like head shouldn't headline the main event. Like if there's a if there's a higher weight class, it's one of the bullshit things of combat sports that I hate, uh, and it sucks because right after this fight is arguably one of the worst title fights in UFC history, where Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero just dance around for for twenty five minutes and they throw like maybe a dozen punches. Um. I'll raise you a ro- I'll raise you a Royce. Uh, uh, what whatever that last fight was, that was garbage. Oh, um, um, that match, was, that fight was literally the most boring thing I've ever watched in my life. Um, but uh, yeah, I will get you. I I mean, I give it to her. Basically, uh, you know, <laughs> literally, you just. Sometimes when it's close, you go by damage and you just see the one, and it's pretty pretty hard to say the other one get a shot, even if it if it was close. One's got a ten head at the end of the day. Like she's like, she looks like Frankenstein's monster. Like it's bad. She got beat, the fuck. and it's great. It's a great fight. I like the fight. I don't know if it'd be my number one. Uh, I enjoyed the fight a lot. I think there's other UFC fights that I enjoyed probably more. Um, uh, Michael Chandler with a straight punt up the middle. Yeah, but, that's, um, I like. I knew that was going to be a big moment for you. Like that's going to yeah. be memed for for history. I mean, yeah, I went to high school with a guy. Like that's the greatest moment of my life. Uh, like watching that punt kick. Um, anybody else? Real quick, close on this. I don't know if there's two fighter fan, but I know Patrick. Uh, so yeah, this is this is a fucking wild fight. It's even more wild because it was like the last thing that happened before the pandemic started. Um, yeah. Like, realistically, uh, I'm surprised Yoana didn't become the galaxy brain meme after that fight. Like, that's how like protruding the Yuma was on her head. It was absolutely nuts. Um, Yoana's like my second favorite female fighter of all time, behind Valentina. Uh, just like the the strike, like her pure striking ability earlier in her career, like unparalleled, uh, except by Valentina. Um, but yeah, this fucking wild fight. Go watch it. It's fucking insane. Okay. Brutal. Uh, Rue, what's your two? Uh, my one. Oh, one, yeah. Uh, my one is uh, Jimmy V is looking for a hug. Uh, this moment is just, it's everything we love about sports. Not only is it an, a, a ridiculous play to win the game, but it's really the run after because you have the whole story of Jimmy V's uh, fight with cancer. You have a Cinderella story uh, of, of, of NC State beating, I think, Hakeem's Houston team. Houston, um, yeah. uh, and, and that literally is the feeling you have when sports goes your way. You were just excited and and just want somebody to celebrate with. And Jimmy V is the dude you want who deserves everything. And the fact that he's just running and looking and excitement and everything, it just makes your heart swell up. And it, it, it is literally the thing I think of when I say, why do you love sports? Just look at this guy right here. Read the story. Look at the shot. Look at the emotion on his face. Look at what he's trying to do. And then eventually – and. Just it's 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 iconic and it's 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 a beautiful thing to watch. Um, yeah, so I, it's it's the one thing I think of about uh, when I think of why when we sports fans love sports so much. That's the reason. Yeah, 
I mean, I've seen it. I've watched the documentary. I've seen everything leading up to like this. Is he going to get a movie made about this moment? I this? heard. I heard about it a long time ago, maybe once or twice, uh, but never saw anything move forward with it. Yeah, I heard that I was going to get it. Um, yeah, but it's one of those moments that makes you just love sports. Just fully understandable. Again, wasn't around to see it, but. I've seen it enough times, and I think yeah, 30, you feel like you feel like you've. I've seen it so much. Yeah. I feel like I, I could have been there because I just know it, in, yeah. in, in, and it's been running back uh, through sports highlight history forever. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard Ray, I like yeah, Ray, Ray's playing him. Yeah, I heard that. That's gonna be great. I think that's creatures. Uh, anybody else? Quick on this. One. So far behind my before my time, right? But like, yeah, it's absolutely legendary. Anyone who doesn't love Jimmy V doesn't have uh, doesn't have a heart in their body. Yeah, that's the only issue with it for me. Like again, I love college basketball, and I do recommend. Um, this is probably one of the best thirty for thirties as well. The one that they did about um, this team surviving advance. So uh, definitely check that out as well. Uh yeah, definitely a lot better now that I have the context. Because without the context, I was gonna be like, really, like this is your number one. But yeah, the, the story makes it. Uh, I mean, but it's NCAA. Yeah, well, I mean, still fuck NCAA, but I'm not going to say fuck people that have cancer. (laughs) Glad you draw the line. Smartest thing you said all night, Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, uh, Do you just want us to play the clip, or do you want to introduce it, Patrick? It's the thumbnail. Washington outside left. Roethlisberger has time. Throws to the back of the end zone, and it is... Incredible. The official comes in. Let's just make sure he's in on a play like this. Obviously, they will take a long look upstairs. Ben to the corner of the end zone. Does he get both feet down? Left definitely. It's everything about the moment is perfect. It is a perfect throw from Ben Roethlisberger over three people. It is a perfect toe tap from Santonio Holmes, made even better by the fact that this is John Madden's last game ever. The legendary career of John Madden, legitimately the greatest play in Super Bowl history. I would argue the greatest play in sports history. Nothing about it given... I, I'm a Steelers fan, right? I would say it's, I would say it's the greatest play in sports history. I think there, there is nothing about it that goes wrong. Everything has to go perfect. Ben surveying the field at the time. Like, I I can't talk about it because everything is just so fucking perfect. And, like, 11-year-old me who's just, like, losing his mind because two-minute drill, Warner hits Fitzgerald for that, like, 50-yard play over the middle. He scores. They cut to Larry's dad, who's a journalist, like, smiling in the press box. And then that's just... There's no, there was no feeling has ever compared to that perfection. Um, Brooklyn, did you have this? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, just sorry. I thought you did. I was like, um, yeah. I mean, the best thing about sports is when it brings you down to a point of being a child again. There's something raw and something like childlike when you see your team win and you can't express your emotions. 
like in a like in normal way. Like either they're yeah. screaming, there's yelling, there's crying, there's stuff. And to see that play, I remember watching it live and still not believing it. I watched Mike Tomlin. He's on an interview. He's on a podcast. I don't know which podcast, but he just got interviewed. And he was talking to Ryan Clark basically in there. And Ryan Clark was like, we were in a legendary defense. Like, we were the scariest defense possible. And, like, they were excited to have negative punt yards win them. Like, like give us at the 50. They ain't scoring. Like, I don't care. Let's, let's go. If we score seven points, we believe we win. And then when Larry Fitz ran it, did that run and brought them back, and they were like, he had to go to them and go, you are a legendary defense. Wake the fuck up and, like, know that you're still good because you think you're about to go lose, but you're still the same defense. Go out there because they think you just won, and they're like, oh, we might give it up again. It's like, no, you won't. You'll win. Go. Um, it's just crazy. The the play should just, it just never happen. It's one of those plays that just everything had to go perfect at that moment. And for him to just over three people, great. It's one that definitely I remember. I felt so bad for Warner, like because I know he went so hard and went so long, and Fitzgerald, and they went through all that stuff. But yeah, it's just a great play, and to be on the and be on the championship team of that, nothing feels better, especially after the Steelers and and Hasselback and like the Seahawks had that like questionable yeah. some still to this day on that one, like not overall, but like that one is just that's how you submit your legacy. It's great. Um, anybody have close to think about this? I bet it went through some of you guys' minds for sure. I I had it close. Uh, I remember watching it and trying to find any way possible to say his other toe didn't tap because I was rooting so hard for Fitz, so hard for Fitz because I didn't have a say in that game and Larry was my dude. Um, so I was just like, damn, he got it. Damn, damn. Uh, it was it's a, it's a legendary fun. Yeah, it was. I definitely thought about it. I mean, you know, it's the most exciting way for a Super Bowl to end, really. Um, and I was actually rooting for the Steelers because the Cardinals had obliterated the Panthers in the NFC Championship game like a couple of weeks before. So, um, yeah, so I still had some bad blood from that. But uh, yeah, very exciting game. Again, if you're a Steelers fan, this, I mean, this is your number one. Like, I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I had the like they had the immaculate interception from uh, from the from like er- earlier in the play. But uh, like just watching it on replay, the absolute fucking dos that Ben. Okay. No one calls. I'm not, I'm not going to explain that every time James Harrison's 90 yard touchdown. But no one else calls it that. No one. Knows okay. Anyways, Ben throws a fucking dos and like say and like it's just perfectly perfectly placed. Um, it's 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 a great play. Like I'm not I'm not saying it's. Yeah, it's it's a really really good play. It's not my favorite catch, but it's a damn good one. This one also doesn't have a name attached to it. Um, should, but not everything has names. Okay. Um, There's too many the catches already. We like Chris, just just yeah. revel in its perfection. Like, I I think if you ask Cardinals fans, it's called fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, all right. What's your number one, Scott? Can you win based on your number one? No, I'm not going to. Roll the clip, Koha. It's Leicester winning the Premier League. Who's that? Um, look, say what you will about soccer, but if you look at the numbers on this, if you look at the data on this, 
this is probably the greatest upset in sports history. They were a 5,000 to one odd odds to do what they did coming into the season. You just don't see that happen in any sport. And just the context of it, and I know Cody, I'm not even looking at Cody as I'm talking, but <laughs> the No, that's the impressive. League, that's the odds. That's crazy. Yeah. That that is crazy. The, I'm not Well, here's not, the thing. Here's the thing. The Premier League, more than any other sports league, is driven by money, right? The top five or six teams are the top five or six teams every single year. And it's just a question of what order are they going to be at? Liverpool is one of those teams. Leicester City, definitely not one of those teams. In fact, the season before, they were this close to getting relegated out of the Premier League entirely. And they needed an incredible run at the end of the season just to survive and stay in the top division. So we're not even talking about a team that's challenging the top six. We're talking about a team that was this close to being out of the Premier League. And the next season, they just start this incredible run that has never been equaled and never probably will be equaled. and they don't have any like real world class players on the team. Well, Riyad Mahrez eventually emerged as one and went to play for Manchester City, but he wasn't he wasn't anyone um, when the season started. You have Jamie Vardy, who's like this journeyman guy, doesn't look like an athlete really at all, just this short, wiry dude um, who ends up in in the course of the season breaking the record for consecutive games with a goal he scored in twelve straight games, um, which was insane. And you just think about like. Again, this is a 38-game season. Like, they play 38 games. It would be one thing for them to, like, I don't know, at Christmas or something, be top of the table. We're talking about they had to be better than everyone else for 38 games, over the course of 38 games, as a team that was almost relegated the year before and had a very similar roster. They had a different manager, sure, in, in that year. But they had almost the same team. But the players just, you know, came into their own in this season. And there were a lot of exciting moments throughout the entire season. And, you know, towards the end, it was just like, are they really going to do it? Is this really going to happen? And then that moment that Coho played there was actually Chelsea, who was the, had won the title the year before. Um, And Leicester needed them to win in order to win the title or them to tie um, them to take a point from Tottenham in one of the last games and Aiden Hazard, who was the player of the year, the year before when Chelsea won the title scored that goal with Chelsea coming from two nil down. Um, And so it was like, they were handing the title straight to Leicester. And I still remember watching it. It was during final exam season. I was in college. I I was in the library and I took a break from studying to watch this game. And like, I was sitting in the bottom floor of the library and Aiden Hazard's goal goes in and it's like the one place where you can't celebrate because I was in the freaking library and I was sitting there like my friend was sitting across from me. He had no idea what was going on. I was like, you know, trying to like say words, but not being able to say words. Um, I just, yeah, again, I'm not, Lester's not my team or anything, but like everyone was rooting for them. Like the world was rooting for them because we knew it's a one in a million type of thing because of the way that the Premier League is. And, you know, the next year, they didn't even come close to winning the title again. Uh, like I said, it, you know, your team is going to have to be bought. Your, your team's going to have to do a Manchester City, right, where they get bought by, like, some wealthy oil baron if they're going to be a non-top six team that eventually wins the title. Like, this is just unprecedented. Um, and from any standard, again, soccer fan or not, you look at the numbers on this. It's It's one of the most incredible things that's ever happened in sports. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. 
<laughs> uh, sure. Sure. I thought it was great. Um, yeah. You know, the Red Sox once come down from three uh, 0 to the Yankees and win. That could have been a cool moment, but, um, I bet their odds are pretty low. Um, everybody else talk about it quickly. I have no, I have nothing to talk about. I'm sorry. I just don't. I'm, I'm a Man City fan. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? Uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy what they did. Uh, my brother was in, in very, very upset because he's also a Man City fan. Uh, yeah, it, it was wild. Uh, Corey and I uh, have, were having a conversation a couple weeks ago about sports moments that could come up uh, that were going to be on my list, and this was one of the ones that, that got brought up. It's like it's crazy, it's crazy that this pulled off. Um, like Premier League is so conf- is, can be confusing, I guess, to kind of to kind of hop into. Uh, but yeah, like it's a great Cinderella story. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. There's nothing more to be said. It's fucking nuts. Cool. Okay. Um. Combine the list first, or I haven't done this in a while. Combine list individuals first. Okay. First place, Patrick. Patrick wins first place. Um, hold the list. Um, I had with Santoni home, Kawhi, Batista's home run, the, <laughs> not what it's called, the kick stick. I think the only thing I disagreed with was like some of the stuff I just don't have any like bearing on but you picked great moments that i could have considered on my list so that's where it lied i think uh second place is gonna go to i had to go scott on this one second place for scott because i was alive for more of the moments um just so i remembered more and that freezes home run will always rank really high for me um so good job third place rue uh I mean, it was close. He just had some stuff that just didn't resonate so high with me, but I've known them, but I haven't seen them. Like number five, uh, LJ's uh, four-point play. I've seen the play. I just don't think. Uh, three, way too young. One, way too young overall and just – well, not even alive. Um, so overall. But you had some really good – and last place, I don't know how he thought he was going to win this week. I'm really confused. <laughs> I think he just said that to piss me off, but like – or carry the thing. Like you had scrub on your nine, just overall, you had curling in seven, you had hockey at two, you also had somebody being the shutout leaders over seventh inning of Jays or Rangers. I don't know how you thought you were gonna win, but you you didn't. Uh, you did the absolute opposite. It's crazy. Uh, your list did suck. Um, uh, so. Uh, the combined list of our stop sports moments. You can take a look. <laughs> Not what it's called, but it's so fun. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Uh, yeah, so take it. Look at your your ones are there basically. So enjoy. I rank them based on where I thought. I think Santonio Holmes touchdown would have been number one if on this based on this list overall. I think it's great. Um, okay, just some housekeeping. I have some few people left. Um, Kirk and Brian are on my bracket next week. I'm doing 64 character bracket. We've bro- boiled them down. We put up rankings of different subcategories. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I need two more. I need two to three more people. So message me, say, hey, I want to do the bracket, and I'll think about it. Following week, we're doing best. Uh, this is our draft, best decades for actors draft. So basically, you have to pick a uh, the six 
spots. I need five people, and we're going to work through Defridge. Uh, you can pick like you can pick seventies Pacino. Somebody could come along and pick eighties Pacino, but you can't overlap and pick. So when they're locked out, they're locked out. You get their filmography based on that. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I have, I have Brian. I think Brian and Kirk both want to be on, and Boatman. So I need two more people. So, or unless somebody else jumps out of the work. That's coming up. It's still undecided. Um, but I'm going to do more sports stuff. So if this panel, hold on. I need lists. I need more lists. In last call. I've got five lists so I can do the show. But last well, call for top 40 musicals. Top 40 musicals. So, yeah, and, and then Cody's going to be on miscellaneous in, in two weeks from uh, musicals. It's going to be great. Uh, all right, bye. Um, so yeah, please spend it in and then this panel and other people, uh, come up with some sports topics. I have three things I work off now, normal wireless bracket we can do, and we can do a draft. We have fun with all of those. So let's, let's do some more sports content because even if the film people hate it, I have a fucking blast doing them. So, uh, see you next week. champion.